I knew you'd come. Taliban baby. Wanna wrestle? <laughs> we got two words for ya! Listening to Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, the Supreme Dream and the Irish Nightmare. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, and I am the Irish Nightmare. And I am the Supreme Dream. Now, today is very, very special. Um, we have our first interview as a podcast, and uh, this is basically what we made this podcast for. Being from Philadelphia, we wanted to try and get out there with a bunch of local wrestling fans, and if we could, even get some local wrestlers. So today, um, we have a wrestler from Delaware County. Yeah, he's been in the business for about 22 years as a wrestler, as a promoter. He's basically done it for his whole adult life. Yes, and yes. Plenty of stories to tell, and basically you could sit there and and talk to the guy for hours upon <laughs> hours upon hours. Yes, uh, his name is Ron Star, and um, basically local independent circuit is what he mostly ran during his career. And um, like Joe said, he's a pr- promoter, book booking, and um, but the stories. I mean, and, and as you see, if you're looking at the duration of this show. It's, I mean, two hours we sat, and it, it could have been four or five easy. It, it was just so easy, um, so much fun to talk wrestling, whether we're talking the independence or even we throwing in his opinion with uh, the WWE and what's going on. Absolutely. I, it, it's You said it right. This is exactly why we started this podcast, because we wanted to, we wanted to talk wrestling. We wanted to talk wrestling between ourselves, mm-hmm. and we wanted to someday talk to to wrestlers, the guys who have been in the business, whether they be wrestlers, refs, managers, no matter what. Yeah. It's what we enjoy. It's what we'd love to talk about. Yeah, so... Um, Without so, further ado... <laughs> sit back, enjoy uh, all the stories that uh, Ron is uh, getting ready to tell, and uh, we hope you like what you hear, because you know we did. And we hope to have him on again sometime soon, because it was just that great. Yes. So, we hope you enjoy listening. Enjoy, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right, everybody. We are here today with a special guest, our first interview for Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. And um, this is basically what we started this podcast for, is um, being based in the city of Philadelphia. We wanted to start out local and give uh, any local talent some love. So, Today we have Ron Starr. And Ron, why don't you tell the people who you are? What's up, everybody? It's the one and only Ron Starr, 22-year veteran of the game, Philly original. Uh, if, if it's happened here, I've probably been involved. <laughs> uh, well, today is just a basic of getting to know Ron Starr and who he is, how long he's been in the game. Um, I mean, what was your biggest inspiration to get into wrestling? Well, you know, the funny thing is, um, being a little kid, and I grew up in North Philly, and um, I spent a lot of Saturdays at my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. And my my grandfather had this little black and white TV on an enclosed porch. 
And I was maybe five or six. And, you know, Saturday afternoon meant three things. Cartoons, Kung Fu, and wrestling. <laughs> and, uh, I Sounds would, familiar. Yeah. And I would sit, sit, in, sit on the porch with him. And this is when wrestling was taped at the arena. Oh, okay. The arena on 46th Street. And, yes. and they used to also go to the Hamburg Fieldhouse a lot. So, you know. Yeah. And, of course, the Spectrum, which was yeah. the legendary venue, you know. Mm. And you um, guys might be a little bit young. You may not remember Prism. Oh, uh, yes. oh, oh, do yes. you know Prism? It was right. It was, yes. I only know Prism because that the Flyers flipped over to Prism. And yes. my father and I, we couldn't watch the Flyers without getting Prism. So we got Prism. And they give you the uh, nice Prism hats when you sign up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the best part about Prism was if you could not get to the Spectrum, Sunday the show was on Prism. Yes. And it was like, and it, some of the shows that, I mean, well, one of my first live shows, um, July of 83. Okay. Uh, first time I ever saw Sergeant Slaughter live. Nice. Um, the Invaders. There's a name. <laughs> the yeah, Invaders. The Invaders. Um, <laughs> Sweet Hansen was a guy who was a big guy in the South. He came, he came up here. You know, a lot of people don't realize Vince used a lot of guys from the South. Mm -hmm. You know, because at that time, even though it was the World Wrestling Federation, yeah. it was more like a... It was more like a, a Top line regional indie, kind of like how Ring of Honor is now. Yeah. So you know you had a lot of guys come from the south. That's yeah, there was a guy called the Spoiler. The Spoiler was he kind of reminded you of um, Mad Superstar. Huh. And I think he even did a neckbreaker as a finish too. Wow. But um, and at that time he was the he was the national champion in Georgia. So Vince toyed with the idea of having a WWF national champion. So he brought the Spoiler in as the national champion, but it didn't go over well. But you got to see him with guys, you know, on TV. He did, he did a lot of TV. Mm -hmm. And he, these are the kind of guys that he would bring, especially if he did local shows. But, of course, there was also the local guys who were around the area. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a guy named Jeff Craney who was always, like, the first or second match all the time. You know, he'd be against guys like Sweet Hanson or Iron Mike Sharp. And, and in fact, Iron Mike Sharp worked Tony Guerrero that show. Oh. So, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it takes me back. And the two matches that stood out the most for me that show... Magnificent Morocco and Jimmy Snooker. And this is like in the heat of their feud over the Intercontinental mm -hmm. title. And the main event was crazy. It was Andre the Giant, Chief J. Strongbow, Rocky Johnson, and Tony Atlas. Wow. Against Big John Studd and all three Wild Samoans in a three out of five falls match. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That was in the city? It was in Philly at the Spectrum. It was insane. You know, I'm 13 years old and. You know, and of course, my man SD Jones, my, my, who is probably my all time inspiration, used to love SD Jones. Mm -hmm. Used to love watching him all the time because, you know, he, he always personified. Uh, he was a guy that I later found that a lot of guys gave respect to because he always put the big guys over, you know. Yeah. You'd, have, you'd have your jobbers who would do what he's on TV, mm -hmm. Jose Luis Rivera, Frankie Williams. But you always had um, SD Jones against like the bigger name guys. Because, you know, he, he would give him a go, give him a go, and he'd make him look golden, you know? <laughs> and and Kind of like the uh, Dolph Ziggler of today? Pretty much, exactly. And the funny part was, I've actually, um, I saw him work um, the Gladiator. Uh, probably some, some dude in the mask. Just, just mm -hmm. I, I think it was, a, it, was, it was designed to give him some shine. And to see him win a match was like, <laughs> weird. Like, he won. Like, he really didn't even, he just... The, the, the little the little finger gun because I don't think he really knew how to celebrate a win, you know? <laughs> which was cool, you know. But then like um, that's when the wrestling album came out. 
Okay. And I eventually started trying to turn the, the wrestlers into WWF superstars. So yeah. started giving them identities and so gimmicks. Yeah. Exactly. So even after Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas, they they dropped the belts to Adonis and Murdoch. Cried like a baby that day. <laughs> <laughs> they dropped the belts to Adonis and Murdoch, and like you always saw tag team title ch- changes on television. Mm-hmm. And so they dropped the belts to Adonis and Murdoch, and like Rocky left soon after that. So Tony Atlas was still in the area, was still in the area. Mm-hmm. So Vince was trying to put Tony Atlas and SD Jones together as the new soul connection, you know, because mm-hmm. I think that's what they call Rocky. Yes. Yeah. He was trying to put them over as a new soul connection. So SD was no longer from Philly because he always was built from Philly because he lived here. Yeah. So suddenly he was from Antigua in the West Indies, you know, and he, uh, they gave him the little Caribbean gimmick and stuff, <laughs> which is cool, you know. But it's, Vince I, has a habit of doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, I remember when the Red Rooster debuted. I'm like, dude, that's Terry Taylor. That's like the national heavyweight champion, Terry Taylor. What in the world, you know? That side note, that is uh, my mom's nickname. I give her. She has red spiky hair. <laughs> the Red Rooster. Her nickname awesome. is the Red Rooster. Because you know, and that's growing up, fan. Yeah. All we had was WWF on TV. And then yeah, yeah. one day in 1985, my my buddy said, "You got to turn to Channel 17 right now." Why? There's this new wrestling on. I don't know what it's called. It's called WWW. I'm like, what's WWW? <laughs> and I turned. It was Worldwide Wrestling. But it was. Okay. I said, dude, that's NWA. Because I'd only ever read about NWA. Yeah. In the magazines. Mm-hmm. And the main event of that show, it was a three-on-three lumberjack match. Wow. Are you ready for the participants? <laughs> Sounds familiar. Yeah. Tully Blanchard. Black Bart and Cowboy Ron Bass versus Dusty Rhodes, Ricky Steamboat, and Dirty Dick Slater in a bunkhouse match on television. Like, and it's so funny to hear that now. Yeah. Because oh, that yeah. that's something you would see as they would they, now they would push that like as oh coming to the, they would push that as a main event of a pay per view that was on TV. Yeah. And then and that's the, when Magnum was going through his sixty seconds like he was he was pinning everybody in mm-hmm. sixty seconds. Leading up to that 60-minute classic with Wahoo McDaniel, man. <laughs> Such memories. It's like, amazing the the matches that used to be. Like, when you, that, I mean, eight-person tag, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and, I, and, they were, and, they, and they were all, they were all. Big names. Big-time guys, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Pedro Morales was in that match, too. <sighs> Pedro Morales was in that match, too. <laughs> so, like, I've seen, um, um, on the same same card, Backlund pinned George Yannou was still in 59 seconds. Wow. And Backlund was still champ at the time. Yeah. So this is like right at right before they brought the Sheik in. And I think the Sheik was just that pivotal champion before Hook. Today's the day. Mm-hmm. Today is the day. 34 years ago. I read that on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Hogan won the belt twice. Yes. 1984. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that happened. I think the Sheik's still bitter about that. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> A little bit. Yeah. You know, but again, again, you know, because there was like, you, you didn't have cable unless you were like rich. So, yeah. you know. You know, you only read it, you only heard about it in the news. And like the news still said, Oh, big big change WWF in New York and Yeah. You know, and then you saw like the the, the highlights and like that was like the biggest deal. Mm-hmm. And like I didn't realize and I guess looking back at it now, Vince was so smart. He got Cindy Lauper involved. Yeah. And looking at like um I, every time I hear good enough, I don't think about the Goonies. Yeah. I think about that era in wrestling, you know. Yeah, yeah. Cause like they, they debuted the good enough video on Saturday Night's Main Event. He's yeah. always had a pretty good grasp on pop culture and kind of yeah. tweaking them both together. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why at some points he got 
too great. It was more pop culture than it was actually wrestling with Vince. Yeah. And, and I think, and I remember in 98 when he just pretty much said, look, we may use wrestling, but this is entertainment. I'm like, you know, being three years into the game, I'm like, what's he doing? You know, but... Yeah, killing kayfabe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like Vince, that's probably one of the most brilliant things you could have ever done. Yeah. Because he said, look, how comes it predetermined? But guess what? You're still going to watch it. And sure enough, yeah, it's a billion dollar industry. Yeah. You know, and everyone's been chasing, everyone's been chasing Vince ever since. Mm -hmm. And we'll continue. And we'll continue to chase Vince. Yeah. And this, even when he's on the long board, yeah, yeah. they're going to continue to chase the WWE. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, and being, being, being um, um, a part-time independent promoter myself, I look at guys like everyone wants to be the next WWE or they want to be the WWE of the area. They want to make it. Yeah. And, yeah. and they do. Why can't you just have a good show? You're, yeah. You're dead on. Yeah. Why can't you just have a good show? And like, um, company, um, company that I'm, I'm, I'm co-owner, Delco Pro Wrestling. Okay. Um, we just set out, it was three friends, we just set out to have a good show. Okay. And it was literally, we literally booked dudes that we knew, mm -hmm. people that we knew that we came up with, because um, my partner, um, Mike Keener, he's legendary referee, NWA, he's been ECW, he's been deep, he's, matter of fact, he's wrestled everywhere. Okay. I mean, he's ref everywhere, yeah. he wrestled. ECW, TNA, WCW, WWE, Ring of Honor. He's been in Japan. Hmm. You know, he's a guy from out in Delaware County. We just, you know, we've been friends for years. And, and another guy, um, guy named Kevin Consolo, who um, did a lot of production work for, um, uh, what, what was the, uh, not New Moon Rising, uh, the little hardcore, not, the House of Hardcore's Tommy Dreamers thing. Yes. It was the one they had at the arena. I can't think of the CZW? name. CZW? Not CZW. Um, Shane Douglas. It, it, I, I, the name's escaping me. Mm -hmm. I can't think of it now. But they had a couple shows. and They also brought some of the guys from um, uh, Mexico. He, we worked with a guy named Kevin Conrick. So he was big on production. Mm -hmm. And him and I worked on productions with a... Um, we worked on production together with a, for a guy named Damon Feldman. Okay. Who did a lot of... He did celebrity boxing, a lot of um, reality show-based stuff. So we got together and we just said we were going to put a good show on. And, you know, I come from an era where um, in the 90s, late 90s, I, um, I main evented at the Blue Horizon in, on Broad Street. Yeah. Okay. And the Blue Horizon is traditionally, has always traditionally been a boxing venue. Mm -hmm. And uh, wrestling never did well with that building. Mm -hmm. But the guy that I worked uh, worked for at the time with the company's called the Grand Wrestling Alliance. The guy's name is Yabilis. He was a he was a promoter. And see, what people don't understand, like when you promote, you have to put your best foot forward for your product. And he promoted. And to be honest, looking back at it, we were not that good back then. <laughs> and I look back at I look back a lot of I look at this tape and I'm critical of myself. I'm like, why did I do so much? But you know, you're young. Mm -hmm. You got a spotlight. You got the, the lighting rigging's nice. You got all the, you're in this big venue. You got all these people. You're going to try to do everything you can to impress. And then you think you're out there for 30 minutes. You're out there for 10 minutes. And you might, you might have, um, oh, God, one minute. I must have, I must have, I, I must have thought I was write, write, writing a, a Wagnerian opera because it was just, I'm going to start here. I, just, I was just all over the place. And it was 10 minutes. I did so much. And I didn't tell a story. But, you know, you didn't know that. At the time. I didn't know that at the time, but yeah. get, guess what? People were popping. That's all I knew. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they're they're into getting reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I guess even though I wasn't telling the story in the ring, 
the booker at the time, a guy named Flex Wheeler, he told a story. He made it a story. So we punctuated it with the end of the feud, and that was the story. So I got, I got it. Then like, it's all about the artist storytelling. Yeah. And you have to tell a story because if you can't tell a story, what's the point? Mm-hmm. So, so drama was from acrobatics. Absolutely, yeah. and that, that's and as I've gotten older, I've always learned like don't work hard, work smart, mm-hmm. and get them involved. And I tell people, I said, dude, I wrestle the same match every time. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not seem like it. I may move a piece here and there, but I do the same thing. It's the same comeback. It's mm-hmm. the same. And see, either I either go up in one way, or you're gonna screw me, and, and you do something, and I go down the same way. But I wrestle the same match. Now, with like with with that, do you wait if you're putting a match together? Mm-hmm. Are you typically calling a match in the ring, or are you setting it up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how, how when when that? I was young, yeah. When I say and I so um, when I was young, like I I'm, I would say I want to do this. I'm gonna get him to do this. So I would literally I would write. I'd literally write this match out, <laughs> and I say this is what you're gonna do. This is what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> and God forbid one of us drop a spot because yeah oh man what do we do now and I had to learn how I learned to, have learned to call and fly so as I've gotten older I know the basics I know what my beginning is mm-hmm. I know what, so now I know how to pace and place myself in the ring so I had the young guys hey Ron what are we gonna do we're gonna wrestle what do you mean we're gonna go out we're gonna wrestle he said what do you mean so I'm gonna tell you like um New Jack, legendary. Yeah. Shut your mouth. Open your ears. Bring it. Well, I don't want to curse, but bring it behind. You can curse. It's fine. You can curse. <laughs> you haven't heard me talk that much. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And literally, I, I would say, all right. And like, and people say, well, KD, no, because I'm, I'm going to lead you. Just let me lead you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to look great. I swear. I promise you, you're going to look great. Well, that's a big thing. You got to trust the guy you're in there. Yeah. And, and at the end of the match, man, oh my God, it was so much fun, so much fun, so much fun. And so, like, I got I got I got comfortable in that role of being that leading veteran, mm-hmm. but then um, but it kind of got stagnant. So like I started working some guys with a lot of experience, who were younger than me. So I started trusting them. One of my favorite matches over the last ten years, wrestled with a guy named um, the Flying Hawaiian Kakoa. Okay. And uh, he's big big guy in ECWA. So um, we were working for a company called New Moon Rising Wrestling. So he's like, "What do you want to do?" I'm like, "I don't know, dude." Um, I trust you, whatever you want to do. So he says, no, well, you're the veteran. I said, well, let's do this. He says, no, you know what, let's not, no, no, here's what we're going to do. <laughs> and I let him lead. And he said, lock up. And I mean, we did uh, just, just show him power. He said, now what we're going to do is um, you're going to, I'm going to duck two, and then you're going to hit me with a high cross. I'm like, excuse me? You're going to hit me with a high cross body. And at the time, I was 340. Mm-hmm. Legit 340, you yeah. know. I carried it well, so they used to always build me 295, 300, but I, you know, I was mm-hmm. 340 legit. <laughs> so, boom, boom, get to the spot. He does the, um, he does the slingshot in, duck one, duck two, up I go, boom, ah, crowd goes nuts. <laughs> one, two, he kicks out. See what I mean? I said, dude, that was great. And like, yeah. and like, I heard the commentary from, like, literally, the guy was coming, he says, oh my God, what's going on? Just loses his mind, and. For years, like even before then, like when I was when I was running the roads, I was I used to carry maybe 265, 280, 285 all the time. Okay. I was 
pretty you're, decent you're, shape. You're a brick. Big yeah, guy. You're a yeah. big guy. So, but I was all, they used to, they used to call me the overweight cruiserweight. So, <laughs> it's not a bad nickname. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And I used to, I used to fly, I used to dive, you know. And again, I was younger mm-hmm. and didn't realize, well, you're not supposed to fly. But I couldn't. I was agile. I was quick. Mm-hmm. So I could do it, you know. Do drop kicks, did all that, but like, it, it, dude, if I leave my feet, it's probably easy to get into the ring, get out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I try, I try to be smart, and I try, I, I really work the crowd now. You know, you have to work the crowd because if you don't, you're not doing your job. Yeah, because um, I used to be um, um, Booker and writer for a company called the Devastation Wrestling Federation. Oh, okay. And they were combined with a company called Local Pro. So we had a spot in New Jersey. So we ran. Twice a week on alternating two weeks, so like be local one week, DWF, we'd alternate, we'd do the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had these two guys, in great young talents, you know, and and like they're they're, they're killing it now. But like they when they got in, they they ran up, they wrestled a match for themselves. They didn't wrestle wrestle for the crowd. Mm-hmm. The crowd sat on their hands. I'm like, oh, dude, did you hear that? Hear what exactly? They were not into you because you you wrestled for yourself. You didn't involve the crowd, mm-hmm. and if you can't involve the crowd, then yeah, what, I mean, what's the purpose? You yeah. might as well just go wrestle at the gym. Exactly, like, yeah. and that's what it's. Oh, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. We're gonna pop. And they did pop because you. I mean, I I, I would um I worked for a company called ECPW. They just had their their their, their comeback show last on Saturday at Newman College. They had a great house. Really proud of those guys. Um, one of my um, tag team partners, Tyreno, he's um. He's running the book over. He's a smart kid, you know. Just really, really has a grasp on what's, what what works. Mm-hmm. So um, we we worked for we we worked ACPW. So these these three guys would always be in the front row, and I was I was playing big big heel at the time, you know. I was in a group called um, You Money Power Respect. I've always been in these groups that were different iterations of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, three or four guys. Uh, Kind of like that flashy kind of hip hop and the, the <laughs> money and stuff like that, you know. And G and GW was the CMB and ACPW was Money Power Respect and even in DWF it was called the Empire. Okay. So we kind of um, always had a different iteration of whatever, you know. We, these four guys and it's always you know we were the big big heels. Mm-hmm. So in Money Power Respect these three guys would be at the front row. And, Oh, boo! I said, "What are you mad? You live in your mother's basement." And they, they would react, so I would give it to them. They give it back to me, <laughs> and I wouldn't have to do anything. Like I, I would have the guy in the guy in the gym, like, just, just take a rest. I got you. And you know, I, I, I'd be giving the crowd the business. The crowd's giving it back to me. So you know, mm-hmm. makes boom, your boom. job a lot easier. Huh? Yeah, so much easier. Like when I realized that all you had to do was work the crowd, talk a little. I mean, that's why people says, well, you know, dude, you're in your 40s. That's, yeah, I'm, just, I'm having fun now. Yeah. I'm having yeah. fun now. You, you know? put your time in. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I mean. And you still get to do what you love. You still get to do it. Like, um, in, in 2000, it was probably the, the culmination of, like, my longest, biggest run. Had a couple tryouts here and there. So, um, had a tryout for a company called um, UWA. It was called the Urban Wrestling Alliance. And they were based in D.C., but they were actually taping in California. Oh, wow. So what it was was... It's a big um, jump. Yeah. They, and they were taking guys to live on their campus. And, like, literally, they were trying to be, run it almost like their power plant. 
Wow. Yeah. Okay. They, they were they, you were training all day. Mm-hmm. Then you were you were taping production all night. You were taping production. You know, maybe you would tape three times three. Like you would tape Saturday Sunday, Friday Saturday Sunday. Yeah. You tape episodes, but you were training all day, and um, you training every day. And these guys, I mean, they, they were they were paying pretty good pretty good coin back then. Yeah. You know. For an independent promotion. Yeah. Right? yeah they, 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 they were on BET, so they had a little money behind them. Really? Yeah, I mean. Making it worth your while. Yeah. But, um, so what happened was when they, when the casting call came out, they wanted uh, guys with an urban appeal. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I was doing, um, my moniker was the Mac Daddy, so I just had the big blue pep hat and white <laughs> And so I, I used to even come out to the song Return to the Mac. So, you know. It's a great song. Yeah. So, like, they literally wanted us to come, wrestle, cut a, wrestle as a heel, wrestle as a baby, and cut a promo as both. So, and um, they uh, they had us in rounds. So, um, first round, a whole bunch of us that came from where I was where I was working for a company called Infinity Wrestling Federation at the time. And some of the guys were from GWA. You know, we were all black, Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. Asian. So, we, we, we all, and we all had those different gimmicks. So, we all did our tryouts. So, only a few of us made the first round, first round cuts. Um, a guy named Black Caesar... He wrestled a guy named um, Dave Cruz. He went by the Hellhound Cujo. So he he did like the, you know, he had the hardcore gimmick, almost like a boondog gimmick, but almost, okay. you know, he wore makeup on his face. So Caesar got hurt in his match, so they, they cut him. They liked my match, and um, a guy named Atlas Rivera, him and, uh, him and his partner, they were, uh, they were called the Latin Dragons. And they worked against um, this, they called themselves the PR SWAT team, um, Cyclone and Nitro they were brothers so they wrestled the tag team then they had them wrestle each other hmm that was probably pretty good yeah and that was amazing and a bunch of guys from the Monster Factory Jake Bishop uh, a guy named Abunai who would, who would wear like this his mask was probably one of the greatest I'd ever seen it was it was it was leather mm-hmm. but it was like really textured it looked like a dragon in the mouth it was a really really beautiful mask he, he was pretty much the um, precursor to maybe like these smaller guys nowadays mm-hmm. you see now yeah. he, and he's killing it now you know at the time but they cut him too so I made it to the second round and the um, Puerto Rican SWAT team made it to the second round and the guy another guy came with the Kwame Mandinga were a big massive dude he made it to the second round so we got we got a rest and then the guys from Maryland Championship Wrestling came in Sideswiping Two Dope Kenan Creed uh, this kid named Solo, who I later found out was uh, Jimmy Snooker Jr. Oh, hmm. okay. Sam Snooker. Yeah. So, and it was this guy, six foot five, three. I'm going to give him three forty. He was just muscle. They called him Mr. Clean. <laughs> and he had big bald head and big earrings. <laughs> monstrous. He just, but he had this 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 smile. It was this he had this great smile. So they they liked him, you know. So they they liked my promos. They said that you know. Um, you can work. I can definitely tell you, you, you know, we are in a ring. You can work. You can talk. But I'll be 100% honest, you're five foot eight. Mm-hmm. And that means, he said, how can I put it to you? You're too short to shine and too fat to fly. Oh. Wow. And I get, I, it took me some time to get what he meant. He says, but I have something for you. How'd you like to come and. How'd you have to come out anyway and do commentary? Hmm. Like, are you out of your mind? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, again, 
that's bravado. I'm 30 years old, mm-hmm. you know. Um, no, dude, I'm a wrestler. No, I'm not going to do that. But stupid. <laughs> they were paying two grand a week. You got to train there. You got to live there. It's on the West Coast. And I just said, no, nah, I can't do that. You know. Mm-hmm. Just, and I guess thinking about, you know. You weren't thinking about the money. You were thinking about not being able to do what yeah, you what wanted, I wanted to do. do. But I probably would have gotten a shot. But but sadly, they, they only lasted 13 weeks. Oh, so then yeah, it, the it worked, was so it worked out. Yeah. It worked out and it didn't work out. But, you know, I... I they were paying too much. They were, they were, they were paying good. But, and, but I think it just didn't it didn't last on TV and it, people weren't into it. Yeah. You know. And what, so. what era was this? 2000 pre right 2000 2001 so that's like right before well not right before but kind of before all the indie stuff started to catch on because right now independent wrestling is as big as the WCW was when it was trying to go up against mm-hmm. exactly and like well see the funny part is the indies were, were like in 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 97 and 99 there was only two companies in Philly it was ECW yeah and it was GWA Okay. Yeah. But like we closed down around the end of '99, and there was a company in Jersey starting out called Combat Zone Wrestling. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that? You know, like. But I knew some of the guys that were there, and I'm like, all oh, these dudes, they, 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 they all look the same. They all have the same look. But what it was, but they were finding their groove. Yeah, I you found know? it. Oh, did they? Ever? <laughs> they were finding their groove, dude. And it's like. I said, nah, I, I knew a bunch of the guys were working there, and I'm like, ah, that's not my thing, you know. And it, I mean, and, and more power, all, all respect to them, DJ, and maybe those guys are all friends of mine and what they're doing now. Yeah. But I've I, I, I seen those guys, like, um, coming up the iteration when they came out. I, Justice, Justice Payne, I used to, um, meet, God, me and Nick Gage used to beat each other up twice <laughs> twice a month like medicine, you know. We, we, worked, you know, we worked up in York, and we worked up in... Uh, 11 and Pip. So we worked like the Northeast against each other when he was with a guy named Shatter. Okay. They were they were called Hatred Incorporated. Hmm. It was Nate Hatred and Shatter. So um, I was in a tag team at the time called the Himalaya Players. Hmm. And so we, we, we all, all, all up in Northeast Pennsylvania, up in Berks County, mm-hmm. areas like that, Reading, Harrisburg, we, that's where we worked. You know, because Philly was kind of shutting down and what also happened was Guys were discovering something that a lot of people didn't know. You didn't have to have a license and a bond if you could rent one from somebody. Oh, wow. So everyone became a promoter. <laughs> yeah, they do that a lot in the construction world, too. Yeah, exactly. So, but the problem is they forgot one thing. Promoting. So you have, oh, new shows coming up, blah, blah, blah. Of course, you know. I'm 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 not I'm going I hate using the word I was a name but I was I was known in the area so like people came to me for bookings I took bookings mm-hmm. you know but like most of these companies were grand opening grand closing you know two shows and they were done wow yeah. you know but you know and it, it didn't like they would just they would reorganize and they come back to something else and yeah I think I worked for the same company with this, it was new it was new dimensions wrestling then it was new generations wrestling then it was it was just, just so many different iterations of the same. It's pretty much the same shows, you know. Mm-hmm. But I was still working in Jersey. I was still working all over the place. But 9-11 came, and that changed a lot. Hmm. That changed a lot. Like, the, the economy changed. And, like, so, in the, the independence that you had to be trenched in somewhere. And they had to have been doing well. Yeah. So, fortunately, um, a guy named Pink and Flamingo Kid, he... Um, I worked with him at Lethal Wrestling Federation in Lebanon, 
and he struck out and he formed WPW World Professional Wrestling. So that was in Reading. So that was once a month, sometimes twice a month. But that was, I, I you know, I got trenched in there and I got, I got you know, just bookings here in the South. You know, um, I used to, um, I was good friends with Bill After. You know, okay. and um, <laughs> funny story. Um, ninety nine. I'm ninety eight, ninety nine. I'm still working. I'm working for GWA. So the promoter calls me on the phone at six in the morning, and he says, uh, "What are you doing?" I'm asleep. I have to go. I have to, go to work. He says, "Yeah, call out." <laughs> Why? Look, seriously, wake up, call out of work, get dressed, get your stuff. There's going to be a limo in front of your apartment in an hour. I'm going back to sleep busy and I hung up on him. <laughs> he says, yo, wake up and get up, get your stuff. There's going to be a limo. Are you are you serious? There's going to be a limo in front of your house in an hour. <sighs> Did the, <clears throat> I'm sick, I'm not coming to work. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> so I get dressed, um, do my stuff in my bag, grab the belt or whatever. I go downstairs and sure enough, in front of my apartment, is this white Lincoln Super Stretch limousine. <laughs> okay, what's I first I thought Izzy was gonna come pick me up and take me wherever we were going. There's a limousine, so um, I get in the limousine. He has car. I'm like, what's going on? He says, listen, just get in. I'm like, okay. So he says, well, we got we got go to go to, we got to go down to Port Richard to pick up the other guys. So this guy named Big Bob Steele, rest in peace. Um, he went to go pick him up. So. Um, we're in a limousine, so we need to go out towards Jenkintown. Okay, so where are we going? He says, remember what I promised you when we first started? What? I'd make you famous. I said, okay. <laughs> it's not having a Jenkintown, is it? <laughs> make, make me famous how? And who has a wrestling show on a, win, on a Wednesday morning in Jenkintown? <laughs> he says, trust me. Trust me on this. So we get there. We get to um, a place called Sandy Run Middle School. Okay. okay. And we walk into a room and there's Bill after. And of course, to a bunch of sixth and seventh graders, you see these two gigantic guys. And yeah. He says, Oh, here's two of the wrestlers now. Whoa, yo. <laughs> so we go, he says, he says, we said, we're sorry we're late, we'll get ready, we'll be right back. So he says, Listen, after needed a favor, so I'm calling in a favor from him. I said, What do you mean after needed a favor? This is um, a, it's a it's a career fair. It's what my father does for a living. So his daughter said, "Listen, I want to tell you." After his daughter says, "I want to you know, want you to come to the school and tell him what you do." Mm -hmm. But do you think you can find a couple of wrestlers? Mm -hmm. So he put a call in. And he said, "Yeah, I got a couple guys that will do it." And at the time, I was a I was the TV champion of GWA, and Bob was he was um he had just dropped the heavyweight title to George Animal Steel. That's a funny one too. That was at that same Blue Horizon show. Okay. So, but he was like, he was still the top heavyweight guy. So, mm -hmm. um, we get dressed, we, you know, we go in and, you know, we're signing our with the kids. So, Bill's explaining to the kids, you know, I publish a wrestling magazine and here are two of your local guys who are here. And mm -hmm. it's, it was also an opportunity to, to, to plug our upcoming show and stuff like that. Nice. So, literally, it was six periods of these kids coming in and you know we're just doing you know we're just doing like we're just a little chain wrestling whatever yeah so uh i said dude i, I really want to do something they had mats on the ground so i want to get a super kick in <laughs> <laughs> so of course bob's like let's wait to the last period and 
follow my lead. <laughs> so we're talking like so the one kid, I see this one kid, he must have been in the same he must have kept kept sneaking in. Because yeah. <laughs> he was like, you know, he's that one dude that like watches all the wrestling. He yeah. goes to, yeah. So Yeah, that would have been amazing. Uh, <laughs> when you guys go through tables and get hit with chairs, is it real? <laughs> Bob's like, it's a perfect opportunity. He says, What do you mean? Like when I hit him with this chair like this? Bam, he racks me with the chair. You know, I'm selling it. He says, How'd you like that, fat boy? He said, Give me the super kick. As soon as I turn around, back in with the super kick. Boss. And the crowd goes, Oh, so then, of course, we act like we're going at each other and they go between us. And so, like, you know, um, there's, and there's a picture on, on my um, page where I actually have the um, principal of the school in the sleeper hole. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, great. so, you know, it's just like, you know, we got it. And they had lunch for us. And so, like, at that point, I got to be really good friends with um, Bill After, and he took me to his house. He showed me his basement, which is literally a museum of any and everything wrestling. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, there was autographed masks and um, Mexican wrestling magazines, and it was just like it was like, dude, you know, and like for like still good friend like for years. And after he pretty much returned a favor for me, he got me in touch with Bill Barons. In Georgia for NWA Wildside. Wow. So we were going, I was going to go down and I was supposed to work with a guy named Romeo Bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened was one of the guys who was holding the tag belts got hurt. So they had to change the show. He says, well, we can we can move the angle to another show, but can you come back down? I'm like, nah, I, I'm, already, I'm already like making plans to come down and say, well, what I'll do is I'll put you with somebody and we'll actually put you in the tag team tournament for the NWA National Tag Team Belts. Okay, fine. Yeah. Twist my arm. Yeah, yeah. twist my arm. And uh, so I went down with um, the Backseat Boys. Uh, well, at the time, Trent, Trent, Trent was in Japan at the time. So it was Johnny Cashmere and Donnie, uh, Donnie Boosie, Donnie B. Deviously, um, Nova's brother, his twin mm-hmm. brother. So we, to me, this is like, oh man, I'm gonna have, we're taking a road trip down to Georgia and, you know, and got to hang out um, got to hang out with a bunch of guys I met the uh, Cole twins these dudes were gigantic like mm. they were six foot five just both of them cut cut and um I don't know if you remember the new breed from NWA Sorry. Chris Champion and Sean Royal yeah it sounds familiar Sean Royal they, they did this whole weird kind of futuristic game, gimmick and, and and it's so funny and I know Dusty wrote it the way it was so like they showed up all of a sudden they see Dusty they go Mr. President and what are you talking about baby you know but they were from the future yeah. from like the two from the year two thousand you know they were from the future so the new breed was this gimmick that it was on WCW TV when they they were trying to pretty much compete with what WWF was doing mm-hmm. at the time so of course this is like twenty not fifteen years removed from that because okay. uh, in fact they came out like they had like these weird haircuts and this futuristic looking gear but they, they came out to the Beastie Boys fight for the party which is <laughs> well, okay, I, gimmick, I yeah. get it you know it was, it was 1986 I get it you yeah. know so like here it is 2001 like Sean Royal like looks a lot more like Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> than the Sean Royal I remember but it was him you know he, and he's telling stories and just, so I met this kid and I hate calling him a kid, just because the only reason I say he was a kid, he was younger than me, and he, he had maybe been in Georgia maybe two years. Came in, short, close, close car. He's like a, everybody's football hero. Mm-hmm. And um, Bill Barons is introducing me to everybody, he introduces me to Onyx and stuff like that. And he says, hey, I want you to meet AJ. AJ Styles. I'm like, hey, well, you know, I see this kid, and he's 
and he 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 looked look, to me look more like a gymnast than a but <laughs> but geez, he's like the, the WWE yes. world champion right now. Yeah, you know I got to meet. I mean, so like and I always had an open invitation to go down there, but like that was at the time. It was just working, working a regular job. You know, you couldn't get off to travel to Georgia every other weekend like yeah. I would. I, I tell, always tell people if, if I had it to do all over again, like two weeks after I graduated high school, I would have been in Tennessee somewhere, mm-hmm. trying to trying to get into somebody's wrestling school somewhere. Yeah, no, especially down there. Yeah, because like, and, but then again, I, I look at my life now. Like, had I done that then, I wouldn't be living mm-hmm. where I am now. You know, doing what I'm yeah, doing. It all goes full circle. Yeah, but. Yeah. And they said, "Well, aren't you mad that you never made it to the WWE?" I said, "Well, you know, I'm I'm short. I probably never would have made it to the WWE, you know." No, and not when you were coming up. Yeah. Like if you were young coming up now, it's they're a little more lenient with yeah. the shorter guys. Because, exactly. But like I'm 40 years old now. What's a 40 year old cruiserweight? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And like I said, but like um, at the time, had I had I broken in the South, I probably would have gotten a little bit more That's because. Yeah. Benoit was not very much taller than I, nor was um, he wasn't, and nor was Dean Malenko not very much taller than I was. Okay. You know? yeah. they weren't six foot, you no. know, at no. all. But you know, they were Jesus. They were just amazing, you know. Just and I um when I, when the WCW used to come to town, we used to see those guys all the time because I used to I used to work security at um Delos with 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 my friend Kwame, so mm-hmm. I would see those guys all the time. And, yeah. And like we would go to the shows and we'd hang out with those guys, you know. And and like and the people, they, there's some people who are just absolutely cool, and some people who just absolutely live their gimmicks, you know. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh Jesus, like, <laughs> it's not know? an act. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh God, you know, you know, yeah. It were like dudes at CZW, ECW. Like um, we'd go to the arena. Like I remember the first time I ever went to the arena it was like '94, '95. Right at the peak. Yeah. Oh, it was just insane. That's the first time I ever met New Jack and got to hang out with him. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. It's like I met him and then like he shows up at my wrestling school like the next Monday. Nice. And I'm like, because <laughs> you know, I got, you know, at the time those guys were touring, they were traveling, so they were like crashing with people and, yeah. you know, and of course, you know, at the time you like, you were like hoping to catch on with somebody, maybe start traveling with them, you know, so I, and I got that, you know, it just, I, but I was married at the time. Right? So, you know, you know, I was I was I was excited to to even be involved because at first, be honest, um, I first got introduced to wrestling in 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a company called TWA Tri-State Wrestling Alliance, okay. and they had a wrestling school in the Northeast called um, Ringmasters Wrestling Academy. Um, JT Smith, Jimmy Janetti. I mean, these guys all can see in red. Um, I think that's where the Rock and Rebel came from. All these guys they they trained there, you know. And I say, yeah, this is what I want to do. And the only reason I even found out about them because there was a radio show called Wrestling Radio. It used to come on AM radio, which I guess was the podcast of 1991. <laughs> it was like 6 o'clock Saturday morning. You'd listen to Wrestling Radio. Wow. So, I, um, Joe Goodhart, he used to have his own wrestling radio show. And so I used to hear about this guy named JT Smith, who was the champion of TWA. Then I found out he was African American. I was like, dude. There's a guy from here, and he's the champion of a <laughs> of a wrestling federation. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm going. Yeah. So I went down there, and um, you know, I, I did my little tryout, and they, you know, of course, if you got it, you got it. If you don't, you don't. If you if you and they they know they can tell immediately if you have the potential to do it or not. So you know, I've been watching wrestling since I was a kid. So you know, 
I'm going to do the best I can. And I'm gonna try. <laughs> so they said, well, you know, you got potential. And, you know, but there's some guys who tell you, oh, you got potential. And they'll just take your money. Yeah. And they'll train you and train you and train you and train you. Or try to train you and train you, you know. And they'll say, oh, you know what? You just don't have a kid. Get out of my school. And that, that's, that's like. No, um, like, is that, have you run into that? Like, I've seen all? that. I've seen that happen. Then I've, I, and I've seen the reverse too. I had a guy came to, when I was when I was head trainer at um, local academy, DWF local academy in Jersey. Oh, I did this. I did that. I did this. All right, we're getting around. You know, run the ropes. Let me see what you got. And you know, come on, lock up. Give me a reverse. And I can tell mm-hmm. whether you got it or not. Yeah. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take your money. I'm not gonna waste your time. And I'm gonna look out for my safety if I want to be training you. I don't want to take the chance if you tell me you're one thing and maybe drop me on my head, drop me on my neck. Yeah. God forbid you get a Dude, I, I, got, I, got a, I got a regular nine to five, six days a week. Yeah. You know, and you know, that's, what, that's, what put, that's what puts me on the table, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't risk you. I can't risk you hurting me because you want to live out some, hey, I was a backyard wrestler once fantasy. <laughs> and so I had one guy, he, got, he, was, he was like, listen, I'll be honest with you. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, you want to come back a little, another time? Maybe you know, maybe you were nervous or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. he but, said it nicely that you, yeah, you yeah, maybe at that point. yeah, you maybe you were nervous. Maybe you want to come back with me. You may work out a little bit more. Maybe get your wind up. You come back and see. Me. You know what? Screw you guys. Screw the school. I say, okay, there's the door. Yeah. You know. Now I'm gonna say it not like I'm gonna say it not like. See, get out. You suck. You don't have it. <laughs> and he was angry because you know because he didn't want to face the truth because he figured okay these guys. Because um, there, there was always those guys would say, yeah, $100 trial fee. Yeah, you're probably buying this beer for the night, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm like, look, just come to show me what you got. And then if if you have the potential, I'm going to tell you what's required. And if you think you can do that, okay, then we're going to talk terms. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's when it gets serious. Yeah, we're going to talk terms. Like, okay, well, if you really want to do this, and, you know, then here's what it is. It's either... Two grand up front, or give me a hundred dollars down, a hundred dollars a month until you pay it off. Hmm. And I guarantee you that you're going to be working in the wrestling business. I'm going to, I have deep connections. I'm going to get you someplace. Yeah. I'm going to get whether it's here or what. I mean, when I tell people, I have friends everywhere. Yeah. Florida, Georgia, Texas. I have friends everywhere. I'm going to get you somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work with you. And if you don't believe me, look at my pedigree. Look at the guys that I've trained. Yeah. Um, Black G's is one of my first students. Hmm. Um, just I've trained guys all over the place, and um, I, I'm not a slouch. The guy Shaheem Ali, who's in um, Ring of Honor right now, oh, one okay. of my students. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I'm, I, I can't take full credit for him because he came, he trained with a group of us, mm-hmm. but you know, he he's, he still even says. Hey, I want to run something by you. Both of them. I want to run something by you. Sure, you know. But what are you asking me for? You're ring of honor, dude. <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, but you know, you guys. I said, yeah, I get it. But you, you, you have it now. Yeah. You're doing your thing now. Yeah. You trust yourself. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love that kid. Like humble, mm-hmm. humble, 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 humble. G's too humble. Yeah. You know, just, just. You know, I, I'm, I'm proud to see people do well. Of oh, course. Yeah. You know, I love to see people do well in the game. You know, and. And I hate to see people get bitter on the game. I mean, it's just like, you know, 
when that guy told me I was too 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 short to fly, too fat to fly, too short to shine, I could have gotten bitter and said, "I screw wrestling." Yeah. I said, "You know what? I may not work for you, but I'm still going to enjoy what I do." Yeah, good for you. And 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 at that point, when I realized, okay, well, you have a nine to five, and you have a family, so you know, enjoy it for what you enjoy it for, and and that took the pressure off. I mean, because like in that whole in that whole period between ninety five to two thousand, when I was really grinding, mm-hmm. you know, um, I started out um, at a place called Hawkins Wrestling Hawkins Wrestling School with a guy named Hawks Hawkins Harley Hawkins, and a guy named Kid America. You know, they they showed me that they showed me the ropes, showed me the basics. So you know, I had that basic knowledge working for me as I was starting to plow my trade as a journeyman, and then, then GWA happened, and so we had our own school, and um, the Pitbulls. Um, Gary Wolf, Anthony Durani, Anthony. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they opened up. They called the South Philly Animal House, and that's where we trained. It was me, a guy named Billy Real, Trent Acid, Johnny Cash. We were just a bunch of us. Wife Beater, Matt Martini. We were just, we lived. We lived in Hawkins. Like literally, it was six days a week. We were at Hawkins. Sometimes we'd open on Sundays because we had nothing to do. We lived at Hawkins. And it it wasn't like two or three guys. It was twenty dudes fighting for ring time. Cause we were all hungry. Yeah. We were fighting for ring time. Like, oh dude, come on, I want to try this one thing. You had a ring back, so I'm gonna try this one thing. <laughs> and like we we'd we'd walk in at five and we'd walk out at ten thirty. Wow. Eleven thirty. I mean, South Philly, I remember I remember spending a night in South Philly spending nights in South Philly, you know. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, we had you know, and if I wasn't in the ring I was studying tape. And it's just because we were hungry, but like these some kids nowadays. So I have to see it on YouTube, dude. That's not the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the same. I mean, I, and like when you study tape, like like I, I asked this one dude said, like when you watch a, tw- a ten minute match, how long does it take you to watch it? Huh? Ten minutes? No, then you're not watching the match. You got to dissect every little part. Mm-hmm. And like, and I and I was the worst. Like um, <laughs> back then, you know, we'd wrestle. And then the tapes, and I'm saying the tapes would come. And Legitimate like, tapes for everyone yeah, listening out there. VHS, dude. Yeah. Fame, famous before, the, uh, wrestling before DVD, wrestling before the internet. Yeah. I was over before YouTube. So. Yeah, if that's not a shirt, I don't know what it is. That should have been a shirt of duh, over before YouTube. That's awesome. Um... So like I said, you, I, the tapes would come like, uh, and you, I would not look at any of the show. I would look at my match. Oh, that was good. Oh, wait a minute. My, my leg was wrong. Oh, man, I did this wrong. And so by the time I took a good match, I just destroyed it, you mm-hmm. know? And that just made me hungry to do it right again the next time. And I was doing it right. Yeah, just perfectionist. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, and it's, it was always about, oh, man, I could have. I looked at the camera once. I'm like, oh, dude, you look at the camera. The camera's there. You're gonna, I, would just, I would just beat myself to, to, I would beat myself to dust like Oh my god, this is horrible! Like I'll be proud. Oh no, it was good. No, it sucked. I'm going to do it better the next time. Yeah, but again, it was. I look at it now, like, oh my god, why did I do all that? Why did I do so much? Why did I? What am I? I, <laughs> I remember the first time I got color. Ooh. Um, the match. It was a. <laughs> it was a. Uh, um, it was a match for um, the the TV title. So. And for some reason, I was still bleeding with stupid, you know. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but they said, can you get color this match? I said, yeah, I'll get some color. <laughs> so I said, but it's, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta look right, you know. <laughs> so, um, me, the, the, I just taken over the CMB, that was the name of the cl clique I was with, so. I was working a guy, God, I'm about to say this again, a guy named Roland Thunder, rest in peace. Um, I've got a lot of dead friends in the game, <laughs> oh my God. Um, comes with the territory. Comes with yeah. the territory. So, um, him and I, we, we go back to wrestling in dirty garages and um, we, <laughs> I remember one night, it was a Tuesday night at the, the Tacawana Projects in their gym. We, this guy named Ricky Fenwick, he was a shyster. I love him. I love him forever for getting me in the wrestling business, but he was a con artist. <laughs> he could literally sell ice to an Eskimo in Alaska. He could. He just could. And he made you believe, oh, man, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. And so, like, you know, I think I may have wrestled on my share, my fair share of bootleg shows. And when mm -hmm. I say bootleg, I legit mean bootleg shows. Like, he didn't have a license. He didn't have a bond. He just had a ring and he had a building. Mm -hmm. And because of the fact of where they were, nobody was coming to those buildings to shut us down. Yeah. You know, <laughs> North Philly, West Philly, Mansion, but nobody was coming to those. But, you know, to me, that was everything. Like, oh, dude. I can't wait. So, you know, like he would try to he would try to pay the pay the ring off of the off the door. You know, he, he was a hustler. So one day, they don't want us to have this show. What do you mean, Ricky? Man, I need fifty bucks. Or we or we can't have the show. So, you know, all these dudes are here, they wanna wrestle, you know. So, so I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. You're supposed to be paying me to wrestle. I'm paying you to let me wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell, buddy? Here's 10 bucks. I want to wrestle. You know? Yeah. So, you know, we got the money up for the show, you know? And so, and so <laughs> uh, we, it was it was what it was. And he'd get his girlfriend to go get a couple pizzas and a couple bucks of chips. So, you know, he fed us. You know, it felt like he appreciated our, our, our effort, you know? Yeah. And, and you pay your dues. And, you know, he probably walked away with a couple hundred bucks in his pocket, but you know what? <laughs> yeah, well, that's one thing I, I wanted to ask you is because typically when when guys, when the guy will quote-unquote cut or use color, like if you look at uh, Devon from the WWE, his forehead is jacked up. And, uh, I mean, and Dusty and all those guys, you could see where they would cut. Where now you, you're pretty clean. You oh, dude! You know, you know why? Because, because you know what? I said if I'm going to do this, I want to do this right. So I literally, a uh, guy named Tony Nitro, God bless him. He, um, he's retired now, but excellent. He's an artist, tattoo artist. He did my my Cocker Fear tattoo. Okay. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, he used to have what he called his box of blood. <laughs> and what he did was he, he I'm telling, I'm telling so many secrets. <laughs> he would, he would make our gigs. He would make our gigs. For okay. Us. And he'd make them in a way that you could wear them. He didn't have to worry about losing them. He would, he take them, take a, those um, the, the carpet bleeds. And yeah. He'd, okay. He cut the end just just enough to prick yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, so, so one dude said, "Oh, when well, you cut it, you gotta go pop, pop, drag, pop." I'm like, "Dude, that's a gash. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know, like that. That's your head leaking. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so um, Tony said, "I got you." So. He would make me a gimmick, so I would tape my finger. So it would always be on this finger. Mm -hmm. 
Cell boom, cell boom, cell boom. So, you know. Until your color. Yeah, until I'm color. And I, and I, I, I go, I did the, now the, the match I was telling you about, the way I did it was, um, I did dive. And so then I, I went to go shoot the guy and he reversed me, so I ate the pole. Okay. Oh. And I'm oh, rolling, 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 rolling. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm colored. The woman in the front row, she reacts. Oh my God, what happened? You know? And like, so my, my boy, um, man, Lamont, is my man. I see you at WrestleMania weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, he picked me up. Oh man, that's beautiful, baby. So I go back in the ring. So I'm like, tailor me. And so Thunder's just giving it to me, oh. giving it to me. But you know, but um, he's doing it where it's just, it's just, just yes. to aggravate it. And I'm, I'm uh, selling them. So I'm leaking, but like then I stop bleeding, you know. Uh. I'm not bleeding anymore, you know. They said you didn't take any aspirin or drink anything. Oh hell no, I'm not doing that, you know. Yeah, thin your blood out. No, I'm not gonna. Yeah, That's how yeah. just me. just yeah. so I can hemorrhage. Oh, I got enough color. It's fine. It's on my shirt. I'm fine. <laughs> you know, because I know dudes are gonna take aspirin and drink. I mean, I'm not doing that. It's, yeah, I'll give you enough color to get the reaction, but dude, I gotta go to work tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, I've I've been legit busted. One of the worst. Um, 2012. I'm up in New York working for Pro Order Alliance, and it was um it was a pre WrestleMania afternoon Sunday afternoon show. So I had a bunch of students. I said, let me take you guys on the road with me. So um we, mm-hmm. so I said, come on, take your first road trip. So there's literally a minivan full of uh, of young hungry guys. So uh, <laughs> we get up there, and um, so I took one of the more experienced guys with me to work. And, oh, it's his birthday. Happy birthday, Paige. It's his birthday today. <laughs> Matter of fact, he was born on the day Hogan won the belt. Today's his birthday, yes. Yeah. So that's funny. Did they even think about that now? Um, it all comes back to wrestling. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> so we're working, and it was a nice outside crowd. You know, basic match, basic match, basic match. Mm-hmm. So um, the finish was, the, 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 the setup was... Duck to kitchen sink, boom, right back up, work up, work up, work up, boom, boom, duck one, duck two, kitchen sink, roll through schoolboy. Okay. So I roll through, but he doesn't schoolboy, he gets caught, and he back bumped on my face. Oh, uh, there you go. That'll do it. Yeah. Broke my orbit bone, uh, broke blood vessels in my eye, broke my nose, and I still had a little. So he had a hard head. Yeah. yeah. No, he. I mean, he literally his whole body went in my face. Oh, okay. And it's the risky run. Mm-hmm. Blood everywhere. Take any aspirin? No, it did not. <laughs> didn't need the aspirin for that. I took plenty of aspirin afterwards. But I still had to finish the match. Yeah. So literally, he says, "You're right." Yep. Roll up, and I rolled him up. <laughs> One, two, three, and I just passed out. Wow. And and it's so funny how you can be instinctual about it and. Still know what you're doing. I just passed out. You were there for like two minutes, and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so like literally, I could, I could, I couldn't open my eye. I had a concussion. It was the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my wife says, "Who did it? I'm going to kill her." <laughs> <laughs> my wife still not. I don't think she's ever. She didn't get it. <laughs> she's not been in the room with him yet. You know. She probably still would kill him now. I mean, I and so like um. Well, nowadays you can get away with that little intergender match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I go in the back. 
So they're giving me water, and uh, so the, the, he's he's stunned. Cause I'm, I mean, they give me what I'm spitting out mouthfuls of blood, mouthfuls of blood. Cause it's my nose is broken, mm-hmm. and it's sliding down the back of my throat. So I'm just yep. spitting out blood, and I can't really with my eyes swollen shut, and I, it was. So I, at the time, I didn't know my orbit was broken. Mm-hmm. So and I had this monstrous headache, a concussion. So he like he comes to me, he's like he's paranoid because he thinks I'm gonna kill him. Yeah. It's an accident. It happens. Yeah. Especially with what you guys have done. Yeah, it happens. It's gonna happen. So I said, Mike, not right now. Just go away right now. Mm-hmm. I can't so, see you, but go away. Yeah, go away. <laughs> I, I can't talk to you right. I, I need to. Yeah. I need to center. So um, guy named Prodigy and Ray Ray, Ray Alexander was the owner promoter of PWA. He comes to check on me. Brother, you're right. I said, Yeah, I'm good. I just need to get. I need to my. I need some ice get my eye open back up. And, he and I opened my eye, my eye was literally red from blood. Wow. Because I had the, the blood vessels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you popped the blood vessels. Yeah, of course that goes away too. Yeah. So, I had, so like literally my face is swollen. So, I, I, of course, like this is a three hour ride home. Should have, it was a three hour ride home and I'm in pain in the back. He stopped, I got something to drink. And so, I get home. So, I'm like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to tell my wife while I was on the road. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I called her like maybe a half an hour. I said, listen, I tell you, I got hurt. What do you mean you got hurt? I said, um, it was a mishap. He, he, he bumped on my face. He bumped on your face. So I had to tell her <laughs> to, to, to prepare her. Yeah, you don't want to walk in the door looking like when that. I, yeah, I, you look look like um, somebody just came out of a prize fight. I swear, it's a, it's a bee sting. I swear. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so she's literally putting her clothes on, putting her coat on and getting her keys. Where does he live? Since you're not going to kill anybody. Oh no, I'm going to kill him. Since you're not going to kill anybody, you know this. It happens. He apologizes. He feels bad. He feels horrible mm-hmm. for it happening. Yeah. You know? But you know, it, it's so. Of course, um, the next day I woke up. I coughed up this huge, big black blood clot because, like, while I was sleeping, the blood was. Yeah. And so I went to work. I went to work. I said, I think I need to go to the hospital. So I said, Yeah, go to the hospital. So I went. I went to the hospital, and they literally in my face and said we gotta get him to the trauma bay right now Jesus um like they, they, they were prepping me for surgery yeah cause they didn't know what was wrong with me mm-hmm. they didn't know how bad it was so you at this point you still have no idea about your orbital and basically. so they, 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 they took an x-ray of my face they went, the guy said wait a minute look at his face look at his eyes so they were following my eye to make sure that my eye wasn't dislocated anyway. yeah I've seen people get their eyes popped out they did Boom. Yeah. People see everyone see. So yeah. they want to make sure my eye was still in place. So they took an X-ray in my face. Sure enough, broken orbit, broken nose. You know. So how did this happen? Uh, it was a sparring accident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I bobbed when I should have. Yeah, we were, we were grappling and he fell and he fell on me. It was a sparring accident. Yeah. Oh okay. Sparring, yeah, sparring accident. <laughs> I guess they want to make sure I wasn't assaulted, so they didn't have to call the cops. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so no sparring accident. You know, we were, we were training and boy, he fell on my face. It's no big deal. How's the other guy look? He's fine for now. So my wife is older. So um, that took me out of the game for about six, seven months to to let to let heal right. Yeah, yeah. And the ring, I had headaches and stuff like that. It was it was scary. It was scary. That was the first time that I was actually afraid that I probably would never be able to wrestle again. You know, I mean, I've been hurt before, but you know, 
even like when I did the uh, tryouts for mm -hmm. um, LA, mm -hmm. I messed my knee up really badly. You like to like work. I, I had to walk home. <laughs> I had not walk home. I had to walk to because um, the guys picked me up from one place. So they said, "Well, uh, I need to get on the highway." I said, well, "Just get me to the to the I get home." Mm -hmm. So literally, I'm walking home with just my knees swollen. So yeah, I, I, I got I got I, I've had a pretty extensive laundry list of things that happened, you know. But what happened was um, when I got hurt, I the, the tore a patella tendon. It's, it, it chipped a part of my kneecap. Oh. Is this at your, your heaviest? Uh, about 265, two. So you're actually on, on your lighter side. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so but that, still carrying that much weight, yeah, weight around? Yeah, it's amazing. Like when I think about it now, carrying all that much weight, you know? Yeah. Um, and But I was active and working, so, you know, I didn't think anything of it, you know? Agile, great cardio, but, you know, carrying that kind of weight is dangerous, you know? Mm -hmm. not, not realizing. And, as I got older, you know, you get older, you're not as active, you're still active, but you're not as active. And you start getting sore. You get sore, and then you, oh, I can't do an hour on the treadmill anymore, I can do 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't feel like lifting as much, you know. Yeah. So you, you kind of get complacent, and the weight creeps up on you. And, you know, and that's why, you know, just this past October, um, I did something drastic, not drastic, I hate to use the word drastic, because drastic sounded like it was the last minute, mm -hmm. last ditch. But I, I made I made a, a serious change in my life. I, I had a gastric sleeve surgery. Okay. Because at the time, I was... Um, I wouldn't say drastic, I'd say beneficial. Yeah. Beneficial is yeah. a very, very good <laughs> word. Um, high blood pressure. Okay. Sleep apnea. Uh, potential borderline diabetes. You know, wow, yeah. Carrying too much. And, you know... You get to that point where I'm, I'm older, I can eat what I want, drink, drink what I want to do, what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, your body says, I don't think so. The Fred, yeah. Fred Flintstone syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, and, and have never met a steak I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Ne never met a hunk of meat that I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, after a while, you start, your body starts, it just, it's pack, you pack that on, and it's hard to get it off, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's protein. I'm fine. Yeah, but it's still steak and it's still fat and it's still this and yeah. Well, because not only you have the steak, you have the potato, you have the corn, you have everything that goes with it. And you know, I, I used to put a couple back every now and then. You know, <laughs> so I just, you know, you do that to yourself. So you know, I, at my very heaviest, I was three forty, three forty five. Wow. And you said that you were five eight, so yeah, anyone so, out know, there can imagine three forty. So I look at some of my pictures of myself wrestling. Like, gosh, I was so big and then mm -hmm. it didn't seem like it to me until I started looking at the pictures of them then and now yeah and um I when I first went to the doctor after my surgery I just thought I hoped that I just maybe dropped 20 pounds 20 30 pounds and it I was on a good start I literally went from the day of my surgery it was about 325 pounds to the first checkup with the doctor, I was 283. And that was the first time I was legitimately ever under 300 pounds in years. Yeah. Hmm. Now with that, did you have to go through the whole liquid diet and all? Oh, okay. The, the reason I know this is my wife has had the same surgery. Okay, yeah. So I, I went through that liquid that with liquid was the two worst weeks of yes. my life. I mean, they were workarounds, but that was hell. Yeah, that, she, she had yeah. a problem with that as well. And I, when I actually, has told told me this. That yeah. You, and uh, and I was saying, man, it's that's brutal. 
especially for someone I mean you being a wrestler being so active that had to be a lot oh yeah it was so but you know what and I, and I think when um when I finally got the surgery I said all right first day of a new life rest of my life and mm-hmm. so so I, I I had to endure like another week to 10 days of liquid and soft foods and so then like the doctor says you're doing great you know and like like I, I weighed myself Sunday I'm 230 pounds now it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's like, oh. So, and it's so funny. Like, everyone's like, you coming back to the game? I was like, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't mind. There's some places I wouldn't mind making an appearance here and there. Yeah. Maybe maybe a different role. I don't know. I mean, I, I do miss the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, there are opportunities I'm not going to pass. Up. Like, I, I, I fly out to Texas a couple times a year. Okay. Well, for the Christian Wrestling Federation. So, you know. Oh, I'm, nice. I really enjoy going down there. So, you know, so I'm never, I'm never going to pass that up. You know, mm-hmm. um, and there, there are people who I've helped along, who are like, I want you to come back. Um, Pro Warrior Alliance is one of them. New Moon Rising Wrestling, good friend of mine. I, you know, he's he's coming. They're they're coming in April. I just talked to um, Tyreno about ACPW. I'm like, I just want to help the younger guys. You know, yeah, I just want to help the younger guys because to me, it was given to me. And in turn, I should be giving it back to the next generation. Yeah, good for you. And it'd be done right. And like people says, well, dude, I would open a school. And I, would do, I said, bro, let me let me let me be honest with you. Um, when I got into the game, I was basically just paying like a membership fee to a gym. It wasn't like I had to pay like that two thousand dollar up front you know mm-hmm. and that's why I was telling the guys well, if you don't have two thousand I get you don't have two grand because I didn't have two grand either I paid so much a month yeah. to, to train at this facility and I learned I mean like the first day that I went to Hawkins Wrestling Academy it was like a veritable who's who of anybody in the front Philly area yeah uh, literally reckless youth to Guy from who did the BWO and ECW, um, Thomas Robin was there. Steve Carino, mm-hmm. when he still had brown hair. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, Blue Meanie. I mean, it's literally a yeah. who's who of guys from Philly were at this place. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, I just read about this guy. Like, and he's yeah. just sitting, sitting there chopping up, busting up at me, like, like whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said. New Jack walked in. I'm like, yeah, this is it. You know? <laughs> yeah, this is where I need to be. And um, and, and and the funny part was even after ninety one, when I tried when I tried out in ninety one, um, I was all set to go and really really get into being at ringmasters and freak accident at um, at work, I snapped my ankle in two places. Oof. So and that's not even in wrestling. <laughs> no, literally literally walking on a flat, snapped my ankle goes in for me. Oh. And so I, I'm I'm in the back of this factory delivering mail. So literally, I had to get up, hobble with this, and I had to go to where my Jeep was to go find a phone. Because <laughs> there was no such thing as a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go find a phone, and so I had to go back to where the accident was. So my, my, my supervisor would just stay there, I'll be there, blah, blah. So they, I ended up having to have surgery. I had surgery in 94. 94, 95, I had surgery. I had um, an arthroscopic repair of my ankle. Mm-hmm. Dr. Karaki was amazing. And like it feels like my, nothing was ever wrong with my ankle. Wow. You know, what what happened was when I snapped the ankle, I also stretched the tendon. So mm-hmm. it was almost it was almost like a 
Oh, I know that very well. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was, like, it was like a time bomb. Every now and then it would go. Mm-hmm. So he fixed it where it wouldn't happen again, you know. That's hmm. great. So, and then that's when I got, into, got into the game, yeah. <laughs> and never looked back. So um, I'm, I'm going to work one morning, and I see this guy. Big spread guy. Walk around with an ECW Eastern Championship Wrestling T-shirt on. Oh boy! Wow. I said, "Excuse me, I know this is gonna sound funny. Do you wrestle for them? No, I don't. I wrestle for a small, an independent. What's an independent? I didn't know what an independent was. Mm-hmm. It was either the WWF or the local guys. That's all I knew. I didn't know. Even though I broke in in 1991, all I knew was the TWA was our wrestling federation. I didn't know what an independent was. I didn't yeah. know. I, I didn't know the levels of uh, local independent, regional independent, national. I didn't know what, yeah. that, what that was. You know, it's, I work for uh, a local independent in North Philly called NCW. I right, well, what's going on with that? He says, um, I said, I trained at Ringmasters for a little while, but I'm um, I want to get back into it, maybe be a manager. It's going to be a manager. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool because I'm in a tag team called the Bad Boys. So he gave me a tape of them, and they did this. Um, they, they, they were you know, great guys, Chris, Chris, uh, Chris Wallace Lamont. Cooper, aka Chaos and Mayhem, these guys were great dudes, and they, 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 you know, they, they brought me into that circle. And so we get to the school, and so I said, You get in the ring? No, I'm just going to be a manager. No. Yeah, that means you get in the ring. <laughs> okay, so run the ropes. So we're running the ropes, running the ropes. All right, now bump. Huh? Take a fall, hit the mat, bump. Oh, okay. And I'm doing that because, again, I wasn't at Ringmaster long enough to really know the terminology. Like yeah, yeah. Being the game. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, they're like, you want to be a manager? You, you bump pretty well, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, yeah, well, whatever this leads to is what it leads to. So, girl named Angel Amoroso, and um, she, um, she was managing her brother. And a tag team called Rage and Thunder. Her brother was Thunder. The other guy named Harry was named. His name was Rage. So they were that this just really ballistic kind of road warriors type tag team, you know. Yeah. You know. So I, she said, "Look, you look at you look at you want to do this. So you need to be here and train." So um, all right. Well, then I will. You know, you got to learn your box. You got you you got to learn, learn how to operate. And that's what happened. That's when I. I got introduced to um, Harley Hawkins who won the place and then Kid America who um, he's my partner Michael Keener <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry Mike uh, he really kind of showed me the ropes yeah you know? uh, so then I really started to get it so even, even when I was training some of some of the other guys that I had met like oh you're always training doing this you're always doing the same thing over and over again but I understood by doing it over and over again. Learn to do one thing right. Mm-hmm. Then learn to do another thing right. Then learn to do another thing right. Instead of trying to do a whole bunch of things right the first time. Yeah, makes sense. Learn to do one thing right. Learn to do one thing. And that's how I, that's how I try to teach. Um, guy named uh, Sean Murphy, he, um, I had him working for a while as, as Hugo Grimm, big guy. Uh, devil's baby face you know okay so I, I used to have him it would just be me and him and what we call blue pants it was a big blue dummy mm-hmm. it was a it was a, it was a sparring dummy we used to put shorts on him we mm-hmm. called him blue pants alright drop your elbow drop the elbow pick him up slam him drop the elbow do it again get it again get it again get it again get it again 
he was like, why am I, get it again, get it again, do it again. Mm-hmm. So now when I say drop the elbow, guess what you're going to do? You're going to drop the elbow. And he got it. Now pick him up, slam, hit the ropes, drop the elbow. Do it again, do it again, do it again, do it till, till, till he got it. So then um, I went to work, I took him to um, brother, him and a kid, um, uh, um, my nephew, I call him my nephew in the business, named Thomas Brewington, he used to wrestle as Xavier Fate. Um, he got us connected to um, IndyCar Mafia. He got us connected to um, a place called New Generation Wrestling up in Brooklyn. Oh, nice. um, and they also, they worked in Brooklyn, they worked in um, uh, not Long Island. That was the longest trip to New York ever. It was like, it took us like three hours to get from <laughs> From Jersey to Long Island, it was the longest trip. Like I felt like I just kept going through tolls and bridges. <laughs> I missed the turn. I should have gone over the Brooklyn Bridge, but I went over to George Washington. I think it was a long way through New York. So um, we went up there. So um, and it was fun, kind of funny to be in a new locker room where I like clearly had more years of experience, over like more, maybe ninety percent of the locker room. Uh, Jarrell Arroyo, he used to be in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, he was there. And Brian Myers, a.k.a. Uh, Kurt Hawkins, was there. Oh, oh, wow. So, you know, he had some of his students there. So, you know, it, it was a young show. He had a couple guys who had been around for a few years. And they, it kind of put me in the mind of how we were in GWA. We had a couple of these experiences where we were the big dogs there. You know, we had some yeah. younger guys, but we were the big dogs. So, I said, this really kind of reminds me of GWA. So, like, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm... I, I'm not a bitter old man. I'm I'm a hypercritical old guy. You know, because <laughs> you know, if if you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have to do so much to get it over. Mm-hmm. Just do one or two things right. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at the monitor like no 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 too much no. <laughs> so like I'm like ah oh, so I'm I'm starting to call like uh, Bruno's match for him. You know, him and this other guy named uh, Raw Wonders. I'm calling his I'm calling the match for him because you know. I said, I got this. I called a match for you. I said, tell me what you do, blah, blah, blah. I'll, 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 be, I'll put your match in beats for you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say beats, um, I went to screenwriting school. Oh, okay. So everything, it, it, you put it in beats. And you, it goes from here to there to there. I'll put your match in beats for you. Mm-hmm. And you just follow you follow, you, you follow the, the blueprint. Yeah. You know, and you'll be fine. So I'm calling him. So like little by little guys come in. Hey, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? <laughs> and of course, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys. Don't ask me anything. I love giving advice. I love helping people because I like to see people. Do, I like to see people succeed. Yeah, you know, I like to see people do well. Because you, you enjoy the business I so much. Love the wrestling business. I don't. I, I love the sport of professional wrestling. Well, let's put it this way: Why would you want to see someone fail? I don't. Yeah. That's the product. And, and sadly, there are people who do. Yeah. Yeah. Jealousy and envy. jealousy, bitterness, and envy. Oh, that's in every. I profession. hope he doesn't draw. I hope this match sucks. Why? Because if this match sucks, it puts a blackout on your sport. Yeah. Or your show. Or your show. Yeah. Or your area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I want people to be successful. You want people to liven the crowd up, too, yeah. before your match. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, like, I, see, like, the, the two hardest spots to be in are the opening. Yep. Be the, and I've, I've opened the show. I've invented. I've been, I've been first after intermission. I've sent them to intermission. Like, you have to know... And you have to be able to work your pace. Like I remember seeing a show where they were a first match, and these dudes threw everything but the kitchen sink. 
They said they came back. What'd you think? Oh, I'm sorry. Is the main event over already? Because you just wrestled a main event match. Yeah. Thanks oh, a lot. <laughs> yeah. What about these other guys? Yeah. You know? What about the main event we were promoting? Why would you do everything you did? Mm-hmm. You know, luckily there was enough space between them and the main event that they were able to, I, I, so like, like literally we were calling audibles. Yeah, all that, don't do all that. Just go out there, go, 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 go. Yeah. And kind of get them up again. Because, you know, yeah. I've seen shows where crowds were spent. After the first two matches. After the first two matches, because like. Yeah, I've been to a couple of those. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, like the crowd spent already, you know. And like, so you, you were in here. Send this match out, send send the squash out, you know. Send, yeah, that's you, that's part you, of the wrestling. Yeah, why? setting up a yeah. uh, an event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like and like and when I book a show, I'm like, okay, we'll put this here, we'll put this here, we'll put this there. Like I, I had a formula. There's always a specialty match first. Be it a six man. I used to love to watch um, world class. I used to love to watch WCW, and there'd be like a totally unrelated six man tag match. Like it'd be like the Freebirds <laughs> against like Brian Adias. Johnny, John, Jack, Victory, Johnny Taylor. That would be the match, you know. Yeah. And it'd be go, 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 go. Free birds are up. Okay, now the crowds work. The crowds. It's up. fun. Yeah, yeah. Crowds up. Now you got your first one on one. And uh, the form is always like to me. It's always especially singles, tag singles. And depending on where, which show is, if it's a, you always you always have a, a, a what they call the secondary. You always have a secondary title match. Mm-hmm. To, to close the show, okay. Baby up, oh, you know, okay. baby up or baby screw, yeah. You know, yeah. That gets the crowd. Oh man, I wanted to get him back. You know, yeah. yeah because if, if it ends up baby screwed, I always have the baby come back and reclaim at the end of the show. Yeah, nice. You know, yeah. You know, just always so that because I always I always believe um, there's a saying I used to hear: the game is to be sold, not to be told. If I can't get my if I can't move my merch, yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. I want you guys to be able to sell your sell your shirts, sell your pictures. Mm-hmm. So I need you to I need you to is there ebb and a flow. You gotta go up, down, up, down, up, down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to. I don't I don't I shouldn't have to book a, a twenty minute spot fest just because you think it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, just because. Just the sheer fact of yeah. doing high spots. Spot, 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 go, 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 go. <laughs> this is not Lucha Underground. Yeah. This is not <laughs> Japan. This is three hundred people at a bingo hall. Stop it. <laughs> It should. I mean, in in all respect to Ricochet, because I remember Ricochet from Chikara. I love, I love Chikara Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Right? That is my guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. I love Chikara Pro Wrestling. I can watch Chikara every day <laughs> if you let me. I yeah. can watch Chikara. I love Chikara. You know, people say, "But how? I said, "Listen, it's 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 okay to, for it to be fun." Yeah, yeah. There's so much that's different nowadays yeah. that you can pretty much pick whatever you want. It's okay for it to be fun. People kill me. Oh, it's like guys who are dancing and wrestling. Yeah, well, it's a dance. I call it the dance. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Some guys may just dance to different music than you, but it's the dance. Yeah. You know, just like I want to see dudes in masks. Like um, Jas- Jasper Cottonbelly. I love his mask. Like, it's like a mask with a monocle. Like, yeah. fix this stuff. Mike Quackenbush is a genius. Yeah. I met I met Mike Quackenbush the first time at a Jersey All Pro show in 1999, and um, it was just like he worked Ace Dog, and he did this slingshot swan swan splash 
I literally slingshot and just did swan splash. And it was just like the most graceful thing I'd ever seen. And like, I love that dude. <laughs> and like, and like, cause I, I'd known Ace Darling from Jersey and stuff like that, but like, I'd never met Quack. And Quack's just the coolest dude backstage. He, just, he talks and just is so much fun. Dude. It's always good to hear. Yes. And I, and I knew Reckless Youth from, you know, being in the area. And, like, and Reckless Youth, Tom is a guy that I respect so much. And like, I see, like, every, every time I saw him, Dick, Tom's here, Tom's here. I'm gonna be like Reckless. I'm gonna be everywhere. And that was my goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be on, like, me and my wife were talking, like, um, she was talking to her father on the phone, and it was like, uh, well, Ron's got, he's got this, he's got an interview today with a wrestling podcast. Oh, is he getting back? You, you getting that wrestling feeling back then? He's like, no, I am not. Because my wife traveled with me for a few years and got to the point where I'm, I'm tired of doing wrestling shows. Yeah. Like, cause literally, it was literally every weekend, two, three shows, and she was with me. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, we weren't even married then. You know, it was just. That's commitment. Yeah. And it was, it was fun. We, we got to. Because, you know, we, we would go different places. And we had places we like to eat, you know, mm-hmm. after, after shows and stuff like that. So it was fun, man. She got to enjoy the show, but like after a while, I think it got to the point for her. My disappointment in some of the things that happened began to weigh on her. Like yeah. she was like, she took it personal for yeah, me. She took mm-hmm. it personal for me. Yeah, and 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 I and I love the game, but I, it got to the point where as you become an older, an older, an older figure, an older statesman in the game, so to yeah. speak, you know. And you see it changing. It's like you can really do about it. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I love your the way you're saying about booking and, uh, and booking all of it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> last night was Raw 25. Yes. And you, when we were walking up, you said that you watched it. And a lot of people are giving WWE shit because of the way it came off. Now. Uh, actually, all three of us in this room... Our personal point of view is... Uh, we all agree. And I, I talked to him as we were walking up. He agrees with us. Yeah. And that was all, great. See? And now that everyone was, else we were listening to was saying that it, it was... I don't know what they were expecting, but it was bad. Now, what do you think, just looking at the booking, what you would... You know what I mean? How you would look at it... For a go-home show. Exactly. And, and, and being, being the go-home Raw mm-hmm. before Rumble... Yeah. That the the end sequence with Strowman and Kane and Lesnar was perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> you got you got you got Strowman strong, mm-hmm. and just being the monster that he is. You anytime you have a monster terrorizing other monsters, yeah, and he's always going to need that monster. Yeah, because there's going to be no one else that can stop him. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and, and and I love that. I love that Kane's still in the mix. You know, <laughs> dude, I've been watching. Uh, dude, I've been watching Kane since he was there. Isaac Yankum since he was Unibomb. Dude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we were around the, the Yankum days. Yeah. yeah. So and the fake Diesel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that was the best. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> that whole the whole Monday Night Wars was probably some of looking back at it, some of the smartest, best book stuff I've ever seen. Yeah, and with that point, bringing that back from last night with Austin, with DX, with even uh, throwing in Jericho and, and oh my god, 
Well, that was the best. <laughs> exactly. No, you just made the list. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm sitting like a little kid, like everyone geeked out. That's yeah, what you, that's what you were supposed to do. Yes. And seeing Austin, do being Austin, it reminded me of that mania when it was Hogan, Rock, and Austin. Yeah. Uh, two years ago. I was believe. Three. That was three? Uh, when they were in the Silver Dome, yeah. if I remember. <laughs> and he kept calling it the Superdome, yes. <laughs> so, to me, I'm a Hogan guy. Yeah. My son remembers, my oldest son remembers Stone Cold. Yeah. Okay. And my baby boy, my, 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 my baby boy knows The Rock. Yeah. So it was like. Yeah, the generations. Yeah. So it was like, my son, oh, it's The Rock! My was like, oh man, it's Stone Cold, you know, Hulk Hogan till like, <laughs> like, like fourteen years old again, dude. Like yeah, Hogan, marking out. <laughs> my my dad used to tell my oldest son um, when the Hogan thing came out. My dad said it's a good thing your father's older now because my dad told my son because he would not have believed it if he was fourteen because yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan could do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah, he just could not do any wrong in my eyes. Yeah. And now with that, like they didn't have him on because he's still kind of exiled from yeah, the WWE. You saw the tweet? Yes. I said, ooh, bitter tweet. You, you can see how much it hurts yeah. that he's not there. Because let's be honest. And really, on the day before the day he changed the game. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot going into that too though. But McMahon being the businessman he is, he's got allegations of rape. Oh, rape oh my god. Oh my god, Enzo, dude. Yeah. He's also got a scandal with steroids in his presence. With Roman Reigns. He's yeah. got... Really? Yeah, you haven't heard of this. I didn't hear that. Apparently, and now it's all allegation, but the guy came out... That's, was, why, that's why he dropped the strap. Okay. Well, yeah, his name is Richard Rodriguez. He was a, um, a owner of a gym, and he had clients like Josh Jumel, Mark allegedly, Wahlberg, allegedly, allegedly, and Roman Reigns. Yeah, um, he was he was naming names for the sake of naming names, because but... Because he's in prison. You never... I mean, oh. but you, when you have allegations against you and you're in the public eye and you're a public figure, you got to kind of... Yeah, I, I'm not... I I'm, I feel you, Vince. I'm not losing my billion dollars for anybody. Yeah. Sorry, bro. Exactly. Yeah. That's why you don't... Now you yeah. bring Hogan back in the mix and now you got... You just opened up I another think, time I think, I think Hogan will be back in... I in, think so, too. By, by yeah. Mania, I think Hogan will be back in Graces. Yeah. I, I think. I think, just, he, I think all sides... I mean, he's obviously... he's said numerous times about how sorry he was that everything had happened the way it is and and, 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 and at the end of the day people are people yeah yeah yeah. and and you can hold them to a higher standard but they're still yeah yeah. yeah. Hulk Hogan was from Venice Beach California Terrible Lay is from Tampa yeah yeah. <laughs> Tampa in the 70s you know and yeah. I mean it is what it is yeah yeah. you yeah. know it is what it is and he's dealt with his fair share of garbage too that's yeah, been brought his way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and, and like I said, like I, I mean, just I mean, but like, and then, then again, I, I'm looking at the Enzo thing because I mean, there was allegations against Vince from the uh, female referee. What was her name? Rita Marie or something? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So you know, that just brings that right back. You know. Like, yeah. You know, I can't have this in my company. I feel. I hit that in the butt right away. Yeah, it, it, and Marie rightfully so. I mean, you, have, right, you, you just, kind of have to. I mean, and if all everything clears and she's lying and stuff like that, may, you may, covered your ass. Yeah, exactly. Did you did you see the tweets? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt sick reading. I was like, oh my god, I felt dirty. Like, yeah. well, here's the thing with so much going because it's everything's public now. Mm-hmm. With well, you got Weinstein, you got. Uh, 
Matt Lauer and all that. You yeah. got so many. Yeah, I mean, the one who started it all was Bill Cosby. Yeah. With all that, I mean, you have so yeah. many out there. And I, and I think what it is is, and yeah, the Cosby, the Cosby allegations, and even back to back to R. Kelly, I mean, the allegations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, allegations are allegations, but yeah, yeah. when you're in the public eye, you're yeah, gonna, you you're mean, under a microscope. And yeah. I, the, the funny thing is, I, I back in the day, you know, I mean, when, when you're single on the road, you know, you you do girls or whatever. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah. You know. And like, but there were guys who were making games out of it, yeah. rat catching. I'm like, dude, you gotta watch yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get a case. Yep. You're gonna get a disease. Yeah. You're gonna get a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Or You might hit the trifecta on that one. Yeah. You know, you gotta watch yourself. And like, I know dudes that that, that was the whole game for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna wrestle, get paid, get drunk, go go find some girls. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Ric Flair started that one, <laughs> and I think that was because you know if you ever if you ever listen to the Slick Rick promo, oh yeah, he said we're going to rodeo, we treat these women the way they want to be treated. I'm like, yeah, you can't say that now, Rick. Yeah, that's the 80s, bro. You can't say that now, you know. <laughs> but I mean, and I mean, there's there's there's, there's there been some wild parties I was at, and things happen. I'm like. Yeah, it's late. I gotta get home. You know, <laughs> I can't even be here for all this because God forbid something happens. Well, Ron Starr was here. Yeah, well, Ron Starr didn't do anything. Yeah, you know. Yeah, bet that. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just. I'm, I, and again, I was a lot older than a lot of the guys because mm-hmm. I mean the grizzled vet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and at twenty five, when these guys were eighteen and nineteen. Yeah, it's a yeah. completely different. And game. then like then I'm thirty, thirty five, and these guys are twenty, twenty one. You know. Yeah. It's it's. Oh, I'm on the road. It's free. Like I mean, and like like Rich Swan, like the whole thing with him with the yeah. Rich Swan is another kid that I watched come up. You know. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, take no credit for anything he did. I mean, he earned he earned it. But like, he came up among a group of all of us. You know, guys mm-hmm. from Maryland, and, mm-hmm. and like he's just it was it was good to see him come up and get it get get what he, I mean, because he came through a lot. Yeah, and to see whatever you know, I, I can't speak on it because I don't I don't know yeah. what happened. Of course, yeah. you know whatever he was accused of, it's a shame because he was really rising and and, and eventually he'll, he'll get back. You know, it just happens. Things you know, things happen, but things can also change. Yeah, things can change, and right, real life sometimes gets in the way of yeah. what I call this cartoon life because in retrospect, yeah, yeah real yeah. life stuff. Like I, I look back, so like I said. I'm glad I didn't break in when I was way younger because I probably would have gotten in so much more trouble. Yeah. I kind of came in here kind of grounded. Mm-hmm. Having, having having a wife and a son and having, you know, um, having, a, having a, a nine to five to get to every day and not, it, well, I hate drugs and, you know, I used to drink, but, you know, not to the point where I was dangerous. Yeah. You know? uh, when you look at guys that, that did, did go in real young, like yeah. as far as, the stars of uh-huh. WWE. I mean, Luger and, and Michaels and Scott Hall and Nash and all those guys that are notorious for going out, partying, doing pills, doing other things. You know what I mean? And hurt, Matt Razor heard so many stories. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you look what he looked like last night for just, I mean, now that he's clean, you can see the the toll. The aftermath. That has taken on and him. And thank God, praise God that he got, that, that, that Paige got a hold of him when he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cause I, I and that like, was a downward spiral, and and like and, and and you know I look at guys, excuse me, like like Guerrero was at the prime, like he was hitting his Peak. mark when he mm-hmm. died. And mm-hmm. That one, Owen, Owen shook me. Yeah, 
But Guerrero made me sad. Yeah. That, made, that legitimately made me sad. Yeah. You know, because like this dude was like he was hitting. I mean, so there's a lot of them on that list. Yeah. And, yeah. And, it's and a like, shame. Yeah. When you, when you see like at the time when he when he when he got when he got his, when he got when he got to the top of the mountain, who was there? I mean, it was him and Bradshaw. And then you, you yeah had, yeah like Jericho around. I mean you, I Mysterio. Mean, Mysterio. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to look at the guys who and Orton. You got to look at the guys mm-hmm. who were. There. In, in that picture at that time because like Michaels was gone yeah Triple H kind of stepped they pulled back yeah mm-hmm. you know I yeah, mean, Edge was Edge, Edge, Edge was coming yeah he was coming Edge was his way up yeah. yeah you know you didn't have um, Del Rio yet you mm-hmm. didn't have the Miz yet not at that level yeah no. yeah he was you, still real pretty great yeah. at that point yeah. 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 yeah I mean you look at the guys like and he was just hitting his mark and, and I'm trying to think was, was Punk there when uh, he might have been, been. Is that when ECW? Well, that would have to have been when ECW came back, because he came in with ECW. Because now Guerrero was 07. 06. Yeah. yeah. So then Punk it was, was just. Yeah, ECW was just making his comeback. Yeah, so, so Punk was probably, Punk, but he was with ECW. He wasn't with. Yeah, he the was big he show. Was yeah. A big show yeah. 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 And in yeah. fact, I remember, I took my son, who would just turned thirteen. To a house show at the Bob in Delaware. Okay. And um, I think Mysterio may have been in Intercontinental Shape at the time. Hmm. And uh, I think Punk and Kofi were tag champs. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think it was Punk and Kofi were tag champs. So hmm. that would make sense because Kofi just came up on his 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So yeah, but but it's the oh eight oh nine. So yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. Punk and Kofi were tag champs. So like, it's it's so weird, and that's when they still <laughs> had the two. The, the, when you think about like, you look at the new day now. You think about these two, these those two, guys are incredible. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. People hate they hated the new day. I love when they first came out. Yeah, they were perfect heels, but then they got over so. And that's what always happens when you're the best heel. You become the big biggest face yeah, they got creative freedom and the rest writes itself and yeah. exactly and the same thing with the and, and, and the good thing about like doing when I did the Empire I was also I was I was writing and booking the show yeah. so I wrote the Empire in such a way where we were getting over putting over the big babies yeah mm-hmm. but that drew the fans to us even more because I merged us I got our shirts um, and uh, we were always the guys that everyone loved to hate until they loved to love us, you know. And like it was like like literally like we and it went it went through some strange iterations. Like when I first when we first decided to do the Empire, it was I always had in my mind it was going to be a foursome, mm-hmm. but I started it as like this monstrous supergroup of all these heels, kind of like the NWL. Yeah. yeah. And then when we started that way, and then the first thing I did was. You're, I fired Bulldozer Matt Tremont. He was still, he matter of fact, he was just Matt Tremont. He wasn't even Bulldozer yet, quite yet, you know. He started he started going into the whole Bulldozer thing, so I started a feud with him, you know. That was one, like I said, remember, it was, it was a two-week show, so mm-hmm. I started a feud with him in Loco. Then I started a feud, we started a feud as a group with these guys called the General Society. Um, Cage, Sean Carr, and Ivy Green. So we had that going on two different shows. So we literally had two feuds going at one time. Wow. 
So, but it was, and, and they said, "Well, how do you do that?" Well, we're the Empire. We're on both shows because we had a <laughs> we we had a we had a roster for local. We had a roster for DWF. Wow. So that's how we did it. So it wasn't we we're, were just on both shows, but it wasn't all of us on all shows at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But eventually, what we started doing was started running both shows simultaneously. So rather than having two two uh, six or seven match shows, we had like one big monthly ten match show. Ten match show. Oh wow. But we. We still we still made it work, you know, because mm-hmm. we 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 kind of we kind of merged the storyline. So I kind of had every storyline kind of going at the same time. So degenerates D D O S they kind of left. Sean Carr, ECW champ. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. He's killing it right now. Um, and actually, Cage is retired now. He's actually a competitive bodybuilder now. Wow. And he's killing it there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like those two left. Only one left was just I.B. Green, so I literally had two singles feuds going at one time, and then um, the, the Empire was wrestling was feuding with these guys called La Familia, which was, which was um, um, a group of, of Hispanic guys, mm-hmm. you know. So we kind of had that going, and where where we were was in Cam- um, Camden, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. P- big Spanish speaking community. Yeah. So kind of made them the baby face. Yeah, you got by default. Heels. Yeah. So we were the heels, but then it just, somehow it always happens. We flipped. Yeah. And we changed our music, and like we finally we finally kept adding subtracting people to it. Just got to be it was me, Tyreno, King Blackie, and uh, Sienna Duvall. She was going by Simply Divine at the time, but she's Sienna Duvall now. And that was it. And it was it was different because it never been a foursome in the game where. The female was not the valet. She was actually a member of the team. Oh wow! Okay. You know, she wasn't just the valet. Yeah. I said, well, you're not. You're not a manager. You're 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 a member of this team. And she said, yeah, I never thought. I said, no, you're not a valet. You're not just the pretty. You work. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. And the people said, yeah, we never seen it done that way before. I said, well, that's just you know we 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 had to we had to find a way to make this work and make it fresh and keep it keep people into it and so we got the merch going and then we kind of we did kind of I, I changed our we started um there was a song got by Queens right called Empire that's what we used to come out to okay kinda, yeah really kind of hard metal song yeah you know but it kind of sounded like we were these driving heels so around January of 2011 we changed our music. It was a song called "All I Do Is Win." Yeah, by DJ, DJ Khaled. Khaled. Yeah. So we wanted it to sound um, braggadocious. All we do is win. Yeah. But the song is catchy. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. All I do is win. Everybody hands go up. Like the everybody hands are up. Yeah. I said, "Oh man, I think we just turned face." Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. And so like we were still doing all the the the, the bombastic heelish tactics. Not on like the new day. Yeah. You know, just do it. It just basically, I mean, drew influences from um, DX and all these other groups. So mm-hmm. they just did what they wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, absolutely. But we just became, like, the same way DX became babyfaces. Like, DX is, DX were jerks, man. <laughs> yeah. But they became these huge babyfaces. And, like, and so, like, and even, like, even when I was in, like, the Himalaya players, we were, Kind of styled after minimum mission. Oh, okay. If you believe it, I was a smaller member of the team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my partner, Dr. Rufus, was six foot five, four hundred sixty nine pounds. 
So oh, he would be able. Yeah, he yeah. would be able. <laughs> and and they said I used to wear a blue singlet. And I, I did not look not unlike uh, Servo. So yeah. <laughs> and we had another partner, God bless his soul, Aaron Ganey, Mr. Hood. He was the third member. So we we always had that 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 that, that three man dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I kind of took that same thing with when I went with the Empire. So we always kind of had that whole. Well, we'll be baby faces. We'll do this. We'll do that. You know, even though we're heels by our tactics, because I'm still getting over with the crowd. Yep. Hmm. The first per- the first heel that ever got over the crowd with the crowd with me was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. Yeah. Still, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't care what you say. Was very much clearly a heel. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. He was a heel. Yeah. He was a well. I he was built as a heel because of I mean, yeah, Jake the Snake. Yeah. With that whole thing, because Jake beat was, up his boss, who was more heelish than he was. Yeah. 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 So and he became an, he became an anti heel, anti heel. So yeah. who still did healer sticks? Yeah, so yeah. I just you it's, know, I, I just it's I, what you love about the the game of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Just, just I love being able to tell stories. Yeah, yep. I, I mean, and everything. I mean, I, I literally. I mean, we could sit here all night. Like, it's just it's so much fun to talk about the business and things like mm-hmm. that, especially from like with us just being fans and being just watching, trying to get into it yeah. as adults because I mean what you love your whole life you yeah and I think you're told to follow it so absolutely. Mm-hmm. and I think I got a better understanding of the ebb and flow of the storytelling when I went to, when I went to, when I went to film school school writing school yeah because I understood how you build a story mm-hmm. you start you have your you, you have your characters established you have your inciting incident you have the pinch point that changes everything and then you, you build up the you come back down to your resolution. You tell a story. Mm-hmm. And that's how every, every every match should tell a story, every feud should tell a story. Absolutely. Yeah. And like I said, like with, with Bulldozer, um, I mean, uh, we terrorized him. Uh, we, uh, 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 to, <laughs> finally got, got, got down to where we said we're going to blow off, we're going to blow off in a, Fans bring the weapons lumberjack match. Whoa! <laughs> sounds like something ECW would be doing. Fans bring the weapons lumberjack match. So that could get interesting. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, you know, we said no, nothing with nails in it. So yeah. we had, we had the guys taking the fans' weapons to make sure there was nothing lethal. You know? Okay. Yeah. And of course, we brought our own stuff. So um, we came out <laughs> and we came out. We were all dressed to the nines. We had our we had our, our diamond watches on and stuff like that. <laughs> and at the time, we had a heel referee in the group. Um, he um, Nick Patrick, pretty much like <laughs> guy named referee Jimmy Dallon. Just smart dude, smart. He's really smart about the business. Like he's a writer too. And so we basically what we did was um, we stole the um, we were the local tag team champion. We took we stole the DWF tag team. So we were the unified tag team champions because he quick counted the um, these young guys in the diamond studs. So of course the resolution was that was to put them over later. Yeah. So but we stole the tag but so what we did was we had him involved as our heel referee. So I gave him a, a diamond watch and you know, you're in the group now, da 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 I gave him a shirt. So so then I had another watch in my hand and I said, and I have another watch for another friend of mine. This is for you, bulldozer. And not unlike you, this watch came broken. You're a broken bulldozer. <laughs> and I, I guess I'm like, what kind of, he just, just called this dude crazy. Like, you know, like literally. Yeah. So, what I did was, I was, I said, I'll take you on any match, whatever you want to do. I'll be ready for the, the lumberjack, the lumberjack weapons match. So I had to have him drop the lights. So, 
chaos. Yeah. And you heard somebody run in the ring. You hear me go, oh, my knee. And I big bump. <laughs> so lights come on. I hold my knee and I'm selling and selling. So like, they're like, what just happened? You know? Yeah. You know? But of course, you know, I set it up. You know? One, yeah. one of the students had a mask on. In case somebody saw him running in, he had a yeah. little mask on. So like, literally, it's the main event time. And um, this is the culmination of my feud with um, Bulldozer. And so him and Loudy came out and. They're calling me out, calling me out, calling me out. I want Ron Star. So they play my music one time. I don't come out. Start my music again. So all of a sudden you see the guys from my team coming in. I come out on crutches. Who <laughs> <laughs> saw it? So sell, oh, I was I was selling it like I was selling a broken bridge. Man. <laughs> I'm, so I, I'm selling. I'm trying to get in the ring. I'm holding my leg. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. So I came out. I grabbed the mic. I said, look, I know you want you guys want to see a match tonight. But my knee, but like no one is paying attention. All they see is the crutches and the levers. No one realizes that I'm in my wrestling gear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I like look. I I know that I, I did some bad things to you, and I'm sorry. I want to apologize because I don't think we're going to be able to happen tonight. Mm-hmm. So he starts losing his mind. So come on, no, no, no. Listen, listen. I'm going to go. I'm going to go back, and and I go to shake his hand. So I act like he pulled my crutches out from under me. And they go, whoa! And I sucker punch him. And of course, you know, we 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 start this whole thing where, you know, we we really did they just say they're really just gonna terrorize this dude at the last minute. So the whole finish was supposed to be I I, I love I love writing dusty finishes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um referee Jimmy Dom, the heel referee, was the referee match. I said, You call this match down the middle the entire time until the very end. He's gonna be covered. So what you're gonna do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have him snatch me in a chin lock. Mm-hmm. I want you to go one, two. Then I want you to turn your head and look at his face and see that he's bleeding and call for the bell. Hmm. So like, bring the bell, ring the bell. So it's like, so like, Lally starts clapping and Bulldozer starts celebrating, and so they do the whole little thing where they're conferring, conferring. Yeah. And the guy's like, what? Are you serious? You know, you can hear him say it like without saying. I have been informed by the referee that due to excessive blood loss, he is stopping the match and awarding it to Ron Starr. Oh man! Crowd goes nuts. <laughs> oh, it was a riot! Crowd goes nuts. Crowd goes nuts. So then the commissioner comes in. No, no, no! We're going to restart this match. Restart. <laughs> So I like literally we we had been we wrestled for thirty minutes lumberjacks dives weapons it was just crap oh thumbtacks we just like like we just pulled out all the stuff for this match and literally they bulldozer throws out my referee the senior referee comes in I turn around and look he he like does the big clothesline he covered me one two three crowd explodes mm-hmm. on their feet the whole time and that's the story for uh, story bulldozer got up and two weeks later he's in CZW there wow yeah. You know, so you helped him get there. He, well, he got himself he, healed. Yeah. He you gave himself, him the tools to get but there. He, yeah. But uh, and, 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 and he he's another guy I talk to all the time. I love and I love what he just did in Japan with Anita. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of that dude. You know, just absolutely. You know, at first, I thought hardcore. I, said, yeah, I mean, hardcore. I've done hardcore before, but like he, he really called, he lived his dream. Yeah, yeah. He went to Japan. He worked with Anita, which was, you know, Anita. Was, I never wanted to work with Anita. I always wanted to work with Kanemura. I was a huge FMW fan, mm-hmm. and um, when I was in GWA, um, 
Gary and Anthony were trying to get us booked on a tour for Japan. But um, they went to Australia for three weeks or something like that. And um, coming back from Australia, they got accused of something. And it, I think it was later found out not to be true. Yeah. Then they pulled them off the tour. I mean, they pulled us off the tour. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you know, that, that might have been my one shot to get to Japan. Which, you know, who doesn't want to wrestle in Japan? I mean, everyone wants to wrestle in Japan. Just, you know. But like, again, I think that was one of those things like, had that happened, my life wouldn't have turned out the way that it has. Okay, yeah, yeah, of course. You know? Yeah. And I'm grateful for every moment the way my life turned out. Yeah, you'd you be know? beating yourself up if you yeah. the what else. Uh, shoot a bit of Japan. And I, and I, know, I know lots of guys who try wrestling, may wrestle for a year. Well, I did that before. Uh, I'm good with it. You know, the, the, men, the fact that you have to talk so much about it yeah, tells exactly. you that you're not good. Well, it. it's like people that go, go in the military and they have to make up stories and want to talk about how they've seen all this action where you have guys that don't want to talk about it. Because you know they I mean? saw it. Because they actually saw it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's not, of course, not to that level, but you know, same type thing. Like, well, no. One of my best friends retired from the Air Force after 20 years. And he was in Kosovo. He was in Insular. Wow. He saw stuff. I'm like, yeah. Don't you ain't got to talk about it. I don't want to know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's the and that's the way it is. It's no, they're not going to want to talk I about don't it. Don't want to know. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, this praise God, you you you're retired. You got your family. You got your children. Yeah. I'm happy that you're home. <laughs> yeah. Because I know dudes that didn't come back. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Of so, course. Well, we, well. Wrap it up with this last question. Okay. And uh, basically is, and the Royal Rumble is one week away. Or less than one. one a couple days. Four or five days or four days now. He's not good at that. How would you book, who would you have coming out of the men's Royal Rumble? Who would you have taking it? Now, it's a lot because you're booking for both shows, blah, blah, blah. But what do you think would work best? I don't want to see what Royal Rumble. It can't be rings again. <laughs> You would think. Yeah. You would think. Um, don't ever say can't with Vince. Yeah. <laughs> See, the thing is, I like Bobby Roode. Mm -hmm. I like Bobby Roode a lot. Yeah. I really like what you're doing with him. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's basically reinventing himself. Yeah. And Baron Corbin has grown on me. Really? Mm-hmm. Baron Corbin, I, I hated Baron. <laughs> he has really grown on me. Mm -hmm. like, tremendously grown on me. Yeah. Um, I like gender. Really? Really. I do. <laughs> and I didn't. Yeah. But I do. Yeah. I hate I hated three M B gender. Mm -hmm. But that's Maradeh Maharaja you need you need that heel. Yeah. You need, you always need that international hit. You always need that, 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 I hate saying that, that axis of evil character. You need that guy. Yeah. You know? That always has that guy, though. Yeah. yeah. He always, he always finds a way. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm looking more to who, I always look forward to Kofi at the wrong, what he does at the wrong. Yeah, of course. I always look forward to Kofi. Yeah. It doesn't need to be Orton ever again. <laughs> No, and, and I'm just saying it. Orton doesn't need it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Orton yeah. Because what is it? What, 14? 13. 13 times. Mm -hmm. yeah. Orton yeah. doesn't need it. You need a rub for a young guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm hearing rumors of EC3. 
Yeah, I mean that's coming in. Yeah, you think in the winning? Room? No, no. Okay, just yeah, yeah, him coming. Yeah, but um, like one year he had like a dude I did not expect to win. Like Ambrose is out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now Joe is out. Some old Joe. Joe's out. Yeah. yeah. I said Joe. Yeah. Um. See, I'm I'm curious. See, well, let's put it this way: Who would you want to, as of champions right now? Who would you want to face Brock, and who would you want to face Styles? And that will pretty much bring you back to who do you want? Yeah. See, here's the thing How would you book that Rumble? Here's the thing about it: I don't think Styles is going to walk out with the title. I don't think so either. Uh, yeah, I'm just we going, agree with that. I'm yes. going with. I, and I think I don't think Brock's walking out with it either. I think it's, I think I think Brock is. But well, then yeah. Kane's definitely taking that pin. Yeah, because I'm going to take that pin. Yeah. If there is a pin. All right. That's a good point. Oh, I hope That's they don't close like that. <laughs> but see, here's the thing about it. The universal title is, quote, unquote, the secondary title. Mm-hmm. So you can you can schmoz that out. And you can have, you can have, you can have Braun go to shoot. Because he's already destroyed the set, what, twice already? <laughs> yeah. He could literally go berserk. Yeah, he might have done it twelve times. Yeah. yeah, he could literally go berserk and lay everybody out. Yeah, and that's what he did already in the yeah. five man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, four man. Yeah, yeah, like literally. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's tough because like Cena's wrestling, right? Yep. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in, in rumble. He's in rumble. He's in the rumble. Yeah, yeah. It didn't have to be Cena again. No. Well, I mean, in all the rumors are saying him and Taker. For WrestleMania 34, Taker looked so good the other day. He just his promo wasn't really was that bizarre. Un- you couldn't under- really stand it that much, but, but, but he looked he, good. You're he right. Looked good. That, that took me back to like WrestleMania 13, mm-hmm. yeah. Ministry of Darkness. Taker. Yes. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite iterations of Taker. I mm-hmm. mean, I like I like I like the guy on the bike, but you know, the, the American like, badass. Yeah, I, I loved that. You know, but <laughs> like. That whole WrestleMania 13 to 15 period, mm-hmm. though that was probably some of the best. Yeah, but, but I'm, I'm getting off. I'm getting off subject. <laughs> that fits right in with our show. Yeah, we usually get. <laughs> we tend topic. to do that a lot. Ziggler's getting getting. We don't know if he's definitely in it. Huh? Yeah, we don't yeah. Even know that. I mean, I, everyone assumes coming back to do the unification with Rude. Would you book Daniel Bryan? I yeah. would definitely book Brian, but I wouldn't put him over. Really? Nakamura. <sighs> That's a thought. Yeah. Now, see, now here we go. <laughs> here comes you, the booking. <laughs> you get Nakamura in it. Yeah. Here's yeah. here. If if I have Nakamura and I have the chance to do Nakamura in Styles. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Styles yeah. doesn't drop that belt that night. He yeah. doesn't drop the belt because. That's a dream. The best friends can't get along. Yeah. Because you got two dudes who try to get the same thing. No, I'll take the pin. No, I'll take the pin. And boom, boom, yeah. boom. Zay takes the one, two, three because Steve walks off on him. Well, here's, yeah. here's the thing, though. I don't think I'd break up the friends just yet. No, they wouldn't. But it would just be a... No, because then, then you got Monday Night Raw for it to even... Because now, now you Smackdown. got... Smackdown. Yeah, yeah, Smackdown. Yeah. You, got, you got Smackdown. Yeah, I know. I'm getting so pissed. <laughs> you got Smackdown. Happens to all of us. You get Smackdown to, to build it. Because now you got you got, you got, the, you got the Raw for the next day for it to sit. Yeah. And then you have these two. 
you know, at each other's throat. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not convinced with Elias yet. I mean, really? I'm, I like him, but I'm not convinced yet. He's not ready to win the Rumble yet. No, no. yeah, that'll give you, yeah. He's definitely ready to win the Intercontinental whenever yeah, they're ready to yeah, give it to him. But, like, they just put it on Miz for the, what, umpteen minutes eighth, time. Eighth time. Yeah. Yeah. He's just there to give it to other guys. Yeah, he's, he's that guy. He's that, yeah, he's no kid. You know, yeah. he's that guy. Yeah. And you need those guys. You yeah, we got, you got Finn. Yeah, but he's just starting the battle club now. Yeah. yeah. You got to think you take over. Oh, God, Gallows looks so awkward. <laughs> His karate kick? Yeah. Oh, God, he looks so awkward. <laughs> and... Hey, Goldust was dressed, so yeah, yeah I, I can see Goldust. I can't see him winning. I can see him Yeah, Rumble. just in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, you got the Miz Torch. You got so many guys. You do. I like Bobby Roode. Can't see him winning it just yet. Just took the U.S. title. I yeah. think they're, they're going to do something different with him. Aren't they supposed to, aren't they supposed to be... Unifying? Yeah. Yeah, with Ziggler. That's the word. I mean, a, I mean, that's a lot of rumor, of course. But... <laughs> <laughs> so... So, I mean, it sounds like Nakamura... Nakamura is where, Styles would be... Just because Nakamura is still unorthodox. Yeah. Do you ever see their Wrestle Kingdom match? Yeah. Bro. You get to do that <laughs> I got direct TV now just so I could get access, so I could watch New Japan. I just bought New Japan World, so I'm, I can I'm, watch New Japan. Yeah. And I have the network, but I want to get New Japan World. Right. Yeah. It's incredible. Just, I mean, and like, and I go back to, like, I used to... I used to there's a guy named George Bainfield who used to get my Japan tea for me all the time. He got me New Japan, All Japan, FMW, Wing and War. And then that's all I ever used to. He used to give me tapes from Japan. He used to give me DVDs from Japan. And, hmm. Oh my God. It's, I, I love. Yeah, Nakamura and. Styles? Yeah. I like Nakamura. See now. It's a, safe, it's a safe bet. That's Nakamura, yeah. Nakamura and Styles Mania would be a good. That'd be perfect. A good one, too. Yeah. That one you don't even really need to build that much. That's going to be a, a wrestling clinic. Yeah. Yeah. And like now now that Amori's gone, they're going to they're gonna have to crown him a 205 champion. Are we going to look tonight when we get home? Yeah. 205 Live. See what they're going to do. Maybe put on a Philly boy, Drew Gulak. Yeah. One, one of his first matches, he tagged with me and my partner. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love, I love Drew and his brother so much. <laughs> Well, well, I'm sorry. I don't want to say it was first, but one of the first matches I ever, one of the first time I met him, he tagged with me and my partner mm-hmm. up in Reading at WPW. Okay. And such a good dude. Such. His character dude. is perfection. Yeah. I love. Oh my gosh. I like, I like. There's so many guys from Philly. Yeah. That you know, that that are getting it on, getting getting on now. Like Drew, his brother Rory. Like I love those guys so much. And like. And Rory, like coach, he coaches, he coaches, coaches wrestling in school. You know, hmm. you know, I would love to see Drew get it. That would be great. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, no, that Swanee had it. I would love to see. I would love to see Drew get it. Like, I mean, they they had it with a heel, so if they want to continue that, you know what I mean. And now that he's that part of the Zoe train, which I'm sure is completely gone. Yeah, I, think that's, I don't think there's going to be any reference to the Zoe train. <laughs> yeah, it might be the Gulak Express now. Yeah. I like I really liked um, Jack Gallagher. Yes. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Tony Nese just because athleticism yeah. alone. Jersey boy. Just yeah. yeah we got to guy. see. We got to see his last independent at uh, yeah. House of Hardcore. Yeah. It's perfection. Him and Leo Rush. Gargano. All those guys are like all from all Jersey and all those areas and guys like that. You guys yeah. See those guys. Love, love seeing these guys get on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you know, 205 is perfectly suited for those guys who are in that. That Ring of Honor, CCW, yeah. 
that bubble, those guys who are athletic and mm-hmm. still can, they can still they go. They put on a hell of a show. Yes. Yeah. They just got to be utilized correctly. Yeah, yeah exactly. When, even when they first did the CWC, I said, if they don't crown a champ, something's wrong. Yeah. When they yeah. first did it, and then when... I, I didn't really agree with TJP being the first one, but I wanted to, I wanted to see Kota Ibushi do that yes. one. But, like, I want either Ibushi or the other guy, um, Zack Sabre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, didn't, they didn't lock up either of them. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid. But they didn't, yeah. It was going to be hard to lock up either of the two because yeah. they were committed. Yeah, and it, it, I think Kota really loves working where he is. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. Um, one, of, one of my favorite matches was um, a Chikara match. It was Kota Ibushi, the Young Bucks, when it were, and it was one other guy. It was a four-way. Like, literally, it was like 23 minutes without a pen. <sighs> Sounds accurate for a Young Bucks yeah. For a Young match. Bucks match, yeah. But this, this is when they were just Nick and, and, and Matt. Nick yeah. and Matt Jackson. They were just, you know, but before they were the Young Bucks, you know. God, this is, so much talent has come to this area, man. Yeah. 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 You've seen your fair share. Yes, I have. <laughs> as a fan and, and, and as a contemporary. All right, well, I mean, like, like we said, we could do this all night all long. Right. <laughs> this is uh, so great. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean. We'll pull part two. Part yeah, three. absolutely. Uh, we Thank you so much. This I was great, you like you said. Um, and, I mean, you want to promote your okay. company? Uh, follow me at one and only R Star at Twitter, one and only Ron Star at Instagram. Uh, um, Ron Star is my page on Facebook. Uh, Delco Pro Wrestling on Facebook um, Pro Wrestling Alpha on Facebook <laughs> just, just look for me find me I'm, I'm around in, uh, and we'll be putting any and all information up on cool. our Twitter at 215 Wrestling and Absolutely. on Facebook at 215 Wrestling as soon as the episode drops yeah so uh, Ron thank you once again thank you guys so much it was a pleasure yep. yeah, we can do this again All right. awesome, awesome. Thank thanks a lot yep All right. I mean, that does it. Um, as you heard, it, it <laughs> we couldn't stop. Uh, <laughs> we weren't expecting it to go that long, but I mean, literally just didn't want it to end. It, it was it was that much fun and a lot of stories. I mean, you, you lose track in time and what you're doing when you're just sitting there in basically in awe of what you're listening to because you, we never had that inside look. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had an idea. Yeah, of course. But, but it, we never had that inside look, in-depth look, or personal stories of the road and matches and how you set up a match. Like, it's pretty cool and awesome to hear what one goes through if you decide to become a professional wrestler. Yeah, I, I was. I could not stop listening. It was probably one of the favorite parts um, when he starts breaking down how to book a match and what the storyline is it's pretty impressive to hear that come out of someone's mind and uh i mean like i said i was like a little kid staring at the tv on a saturday morning it was uh pretty entertaining to listen to absolutely i couldn't agree more we hope you enjoyed listening to our very first interview we hope to have many more (laughs) and uh yeah Tell us what you think. Tell us um, any feedback if you liked it. And uh, at 215 Wrestling on Twitter, 
um, because we want to hear back because we enjoyed it thoroughly and we hope you guys did too and we want to have Ron again back for another part um, for sure at least uh, maybe this time we'll just we'll do a a nice Sunday afternoon we'll talk for seven hours (laughs) yeah especially since football's gonna winding down we can have that time now in the words of broken woken Matt (laughs) it's over until next time I am the supreme dream and I am the Irish nightmare later